Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. this year. 
know anyone who's seen, who's come to the fest who's seen the film before. If you're dreading coming to the fest, come to the fest. If you've seen like a couple of the movies in the blocks before, just walk over and buy a ticket to the theater and go see the lighthouse. It's playing down there, the downtown west this weekend. I didn't even know that was playing then. Yeah, it was listed in their uh, book they keep in the theater. No, uh, I need to excited to see it. But yeah, this is you have less movies this year, but m- more quality. I'm not saying you have bad Thanks. ones. It's just that all the directors, about ninety percent of them, are like a list on the. Yeah, we're really excited about. Yeah, we're super excited about the lineup this year. It's probably one of my favorites we've ever had. It's solid feature and short film wise. And if you can't get a ticket for Saturday, for Sunday, which it sold out, Bliss and Abominable are going to be playing during the week. And that should say a lot that William has enough faith in those movies. Or he loves, you love those movies so much that you want to keep playing them outside of the fest. Yeah, like uh, Depraved and um, Bliss are both really, really good. And Larry Fessenden's one of my favorite filmmakers and... I was bummed when that movie came out like a month before the fest, but I just decided I didn't care. And we could have played it at Central Cinema last month, but I just thought it was more fitting to have it at the festival. So we held off and um, made it part of the fest. And then, yeah, we're screening it throughout the week after the festival. And, uh, yeah, those weekday screenings, if you can't, if you haven't been able to get a ticket and you can't make it, um, you know, we're probably going to try to throw in some short films and make it kind of like, you know, like a light horror film fest for those people who didn't get to go out at all or didn't get to make the, you know, certain days. So you can still get a taste of the festival after the Monday through Thursday there. And I've heard much word about Bliss, but the fest and film, every one of my monster movie fan friends who love monster movies, they have said it's one of the best Frankenstein movies to come out. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. He's a great director. And how did it go? How did it go Friday night? Did a lot of people go out and see the cultural Texas classic, uh, The Mutilator? <laughs> uh, the Mutilator didn't do as well as I'd hoped. I, I liked that movie a lot and uh, thought it would be a fun screening. But I think maybe we announced it a little late. We had to change our schedule up a bit because we had three from hell get pulled. So we had to move things around and needed to fill a spot. And that movie's, you know, it's originally called fall break and it's fall break this week. So I thought it was appropriate. Uh, And it's one of those that I always have, whenever I'd have like a party or something in the eighties, it'd be like, get some of the video store, get something gory. I'd always get the mutilator just to see the look on their faces when they watch the bizarre dialogue. (laughs) 
It is yeah. a weird one. <laughs> Did you know that being in chlorine water will cure STDs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a no pretty choice line. It's very fun. Yeah, it's definitely great with the crowd, too. And, but the reason that we're here is I've never really done a show about this part of it. And if, you have, if you're going to buy a ticket for anything on Saturday, sorry, Evil Dead, no insult to you, come to the grind out. You won't have a better experience. You won't have as much of a rush or fun as when you watch the grind out. Yeah, it's a total blast. Uh, he's really enthusiastic. They're excited to see their films. And we put some of our favorite short films at the start of the block uh, just to kind of kick it off and get things rolling. And the films really turned out well this year, so it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Last year is when you had uh, uh, as the when as the one about the guy, the one about the the haunted shed and uh, Robo Greaser. Oh yeah, Isn't Robo Greaser, that, like, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, bloodshed and Robo Greaser. Flower name for a homosexual. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, later on tonight, there's going to be interviews with Ian, uh, Jolene, and you might know Jessica Williams. Yeah, I know her pretty well. Seems to, I got them because they worked at the grind out, so it's going to be interviews with people who actually work in it. It's amazing how it's changed because we talk about really there's two eras of the grind out. There's the Dick Titty Award era, and there's the era <laughs> after that. Yeah, I, know I, you I think hate it. That award. <laughs> <laughs> You've grown. I, to I hate didn't it. hate it. I. I didn't hate it. I just felt that it was taking over the competition and people were you know, like it felt like the competition was more about how gross the nudity you can put into your yeah, movie Yeah, that is. was the only award that they're going they went for. Nowadays the yeah. post award era it seems like the one that everyone's gunning for is the audience award. Yeah. Yeah, so I think people are working harder at making, you know, better films now, which is definitely the best way to do it, not just put boobs in your movie. Oh, I can remember the last year uh, that the award was, that you had that award. I'm not naming any names, but there was this person I was going to talk to, and they were walking out with the... one of the other hosts of the fest, and all I heard was them saying under the breath, fuck, shit, shit, fuck. And I decided not to talk to that person at that moment because they were clearly not in a happy place. No names, of course. 
Well, yeah, that has to be the biggest thing of the fest. I mean, the movies and shorts are great, but there's nothing like the rush about before and during and after the grind out. It seems like the rush is more during the grind out than during the awards, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, it definitely gets people pretty pumped up. And it seems but, like you're yeah, actually ending the some... grind out this year except for Thursday at decent hours. Ten thirty on Friday, ten thirty on Saturday and Sunday. Wait now what? Sorry, you cut out a little bit. Oh, you you're ending the the fast each night on a decent hour except for uh uh Thursday, but that's girdler, so that can run as long as it wants. Yeah, um but you now we've got on after the movies we've got the Shockwaves. Uh, Shockwaves podcast will be there. All three of the hosts this year, and they do a, a really cool thing called Dead Right Horror Trivia. Um, they you know which they do in L.A. and they've traveled to other festivals before. Earlier this year we went to Chattanooga Film Festival and they did it there. Um, a bunch of it was kind of unfair. It was me and two programmers from the Bell Court and filmmaker Zachary Beckler and a couple of others on a team and uh so we won but it actually was I mean a lot of it was it's a pretty tough trivia and you got to be a pretty hardcore horror fan and be good at it but there were a lot of teams that did really well and and they bring prizes that they get donated you know distributors and stuff so it's pretty tough. a lot of fun you can win some cool stuff you'll probably be really, really good at it yeah, I can remember the head of Shockwave getting sort of mad because one of your audience was pretty much getting knew every question's answer, and I can bl- I can't blame him for that. <laughs> yeah, made the game kind of uneven. <laughs> yeah. Well, no one else it seemed like was answering last year except for that one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we got Dead Right Horror Trivia on Friday. It's gonna kind of go into an after party, and then on Saturday night after the grind out, we're going back over to Central Cinema, and we've got a the karaoke, the karaoke party, uh, and that was a lot of fun last. Um, so we're looking forward to that, and yeah, and then Sunday we did the award show before Depraved. Um, because we wanted to, well, we just wanted to make sure that, you know, a lot of people have to work on Monday, so they'd be able to attend the award show, and we thought, you know, just going out with the film is the way to do it, so. Yeah, but technically, aren't you running to praise chance of winning awards at the fest? Um, well, the judges, the audience... Awards oh, never mind. On, yeah, the big awards. Uh, the one with. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations to two of the judges because it seems like at this year they're starting on making their first feature films, right, William? Yeah. Um, Jill is got her films financed and her got her 
yeah, she got she's doing a feature of the stylist, and and she met her, her Kickstarter, and so she's going to be starting on that pretty soon. And then, are you are you talking about Brian? Yeah. Okay, because Brian and Zachary, he's a judge too. They've both written feature scripts that they're working on being their next films. So oh, Zachary, both of them will finally we'll make a second film. Going. Yeah, he, hopefully he's going to. Oh, good. We can finally stop sending him uh, threatening gifts to we want to follow up to Interior. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's in the same world. Um, well, I'm not saying a follow-up as movies, in it might be. people. I'm talking about his next film. If you haven't seen that, go on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Go on Amazon Prime and we'll just look up the whole interior trilogy, the short films. If you like ghost stories, they'll scare the crap out of you this Halloween. Yeah, for sure. Those are great Halloween movies. And wake up, Carl. on the air, so... But, yeah, the grind out, man, you've really done good with... Heck, you've done real good with the Central and the whole festival. Well, thank you. We've been working pretty hard. I know. And will there be a costume contest this year? Uh... I don't think we've talked about it that much, but yeah, we'll probably we'll do that. You know, if there's nothing custom involved, uh, there's uh, one member of uh, your forehead that might kill somebody just because she loves costumes that much. <coughs> well, she will definitely be in costume. I know that she wants some costumes, and uh, she yeah, she's job with them. So yeah. we'll probably have yeah. We'll probably have some cuts. We just haven't talked about it at all yet. But yeah, why are there get, for the grind out for the new people? Uh, what do you have to uh, tell the new people, the virgins that are coming here for the first time? And I noticed there's a lot of first timers this year. Oh, for the grind out? No, for the festival period. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm think that it seems like there's a lot of people that have never been before that I guess have just heard about it. Their word of mouth has grown a lot since last year. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be. Look for the older people there. We're friendly. We will welcome you there. We want this to get bigger. We haven't got yeah, to the point the yet where we're gonna, where us old folks are gonna be standing in a corner looking like snobs at the new folks, going, "Yeah, look at them. We were here back when." <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not the vibe we want to give out. Uh, I always feel like people have always said they feel pretty welcome, and you know, it's a pretty laid back festival, and you know, we're all just—I just consider that we're all just friends watching movies together. 
Yeah, that's one of the best things about it. It's just a bunch of friends watching movies together. Oh, and since you're doing uh, the Dolomite Double Feature next month, are you guys got a chance of showing the movie My Name is Dolomite? We've tried to get Netflix stuff. We tried again this month because we were hoping that we'd be able to get that in The Irishman. But so far, it's not working out. Um, we're gonna uh, keep... I try again on The Irishman because did you see what happened uh, last week? All what of happened the major last chains week? are not going to be carrying The Irishman because Netflix won't give them the 90-day guarantee. Yeah, I heard that they weren't going to be able to get it in all the theaters. No, none so, of the big chains. They're going completely indie. The one they're showing in New York is, uh, what is it called, that indie theater in New York that's the only one that's showing? I, I forget. Uh, I, Irish- I, I saw it today, but I forget what what uh, theater, but it's... Um, it's one in Midtown, and it's a small theater. That much I can tell you. Um, yeah. Now, I did happen to see uh, My Name is Dolomite uh, on uh, uh, on one of the screens here, and that that was really, really good. I, I must admit, it, it's going to be in my top ten of the year easily. Yeah, so people yeah, on I've heard, I've heard October that's awesome. 25th or on there, watch it. And then after you fall in love with that movie, go to Central and watch The Human Tornado and Dolomite. You'll have fun. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun double feature. Yeah, we love we love Rudy Ray. I've been a Rudy yeah. Ray fan for many, many years. And don't worry, new people. Feel comfortable because we're glad to have you. And... We're going to let William go now. It's been 30 minutes because it's four days before the fest, and if it's anything like before, William has got too much stuff to do and not enough time to do it. You are very correct. (laughs) So please, buy tickets for Saturday. That's the only really open day left. And it's a, you know, if that's the only day you can... Go, you'll you'll definitely get your money's worth. You know, there's four, I think four really, really, there's a ton of shorts, and then the grindhouse grind out, and, um, you know, that's kind of the center of the festival is Evil Dead, and it's there, and I'm really excited to see that new transfer with the new score, so definitely worth your money, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a packed house. And if you don't want to go see the movies, go see the grind out. You'll have fun. The filmmakers there, it's basically, I call it like getting a big hit of speed, just feeling the vibe off the filmmakers. Yeah, for sure. Well, It'll thank definitely... you for being on. And later, not, uh, later, if you want to listen to it later, William, we're going to have interviews, like I said, with Ian, uh, Jessica, and Jolene, one of the directors of the fest. At the grind out. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. And thank you well, for being on, for and me. thank you for putting on the fest again. And 
Did you clear up any troubles with anything with the girdler fest with be, whilst keeping it as vague as we can? Uh, yeah, we got everything worked out for Girdler Fest, Girdler Con, and uh, I think everybody's going to be really excited for our secret screening and for the or whole thing. Or this grizzly period, the best jaws. <laughs> the Manitou is the one that is the one I really a lot of fun too. Okay, thank you, and see you later. All right, thanks a lot. Have a good night. And. Let's be honest, most of the time we tease Carl, we call him our Fredo of the show, right, Carl? <laughs> you call me the Fredo. Everyone wait, else calls me just, Carl, son of a... <laughs> No, 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 no. Most of the time we call him that because he does screw things up. <laughs> but no, not this time. Carl has basically... Scored a three-point shot from halfway down the court while blindfolded. <laughs> well, I wouldn't Tell say blindfolded. Tell what I'm talking about, Carl. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. We we talked a little bit about this earlier today. Um, my background is in church music. I've been doing church music for a number of years. I've also done print music, uh, specializing in organ and choral and uh, sacred piano and, and such uh, over the years. I've done a lot of, one of the things I've done over the years is a lot of conferences and educational uh, uh, workshops. And so when I moved here from New Jersey to Queens, um, I went to my local uh, Episcopal church, and there's a gentleman there by the name of Charles Duncan, who's the music director. He got me hooked up with the Queens ATO. And I've been working on this project, and we finally got to go ahead. The project will happen at St. Mark's Episcopal Church in uh, Jackson Heights on November 16th. And uh, it is what is called a pizza and pipes event. Now, I teach at a small conservatory, okay, with kids, and a lot of them are piano students. And so the idea is to get those piano students into a church, have them listen to a pipe organ, explain the pipe organ. We'll have a little demonstration pipe organ that they can see how it works. And this is basically to to, to get them interested in, in playing the organ and playing specifically the pipe organ. And one of the reasons that the AGO is, is backing this is because we basically – have a, a, a dearth of, 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 of uh, organists. Uh, we don't have many organists these days uh, that can substitute and things like that. And so, you know, bring young people in. It's a way of, of, of them uh, getting income uh, because I can tell you if you're a substitute organist, you can get $200 a pop uh, generally. But a lot of the organists have left the area because of the pay scale has gone down. And so there, there's a definite uh, 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 lack of, of organists. And this is what this is supposed to do. And it's supposed to also educate the kids that come in. And so um, through doing the, the uh, uh, pitch to the AGL, and then we just had a pitch to the church vestry on Wednesday – uh, we have gotten the okay from everyone, 
And so what the the what this entails is that we have a, a demonstration of the pipe organ, and then the kids that are involved uh, get a free lunch of pizza, and and pop and things like that. So so you know, it's completely free to the students, and that's going to happen in uh, the Jackson Heights area in Queens, New York, on November 16th. Said yes, well, I was the one. It's that you're reviving an old tradition, not starting a new one. Exactly, because the last time this was done in Queens with the Queens AGO was over 20 years ago. Now, the Brooklyn AGO does one of these every year, uh, but the Queens have not done it for a long time. And, and, and to be honest, this is also something I wanted to do because um, – I've done these type of things over the years. I've done lots of uh, choral reading sessions and, and educational sessions and things like that, not only uh, sacred but also secular. And so I'm trying to, to get a leg in as a uh, consultant with various groups like the, the various close AGOs and, and the ACDAs, which is the uh, American Choral Directors Association, and be able to do – these type of things and hopefully make money at it too, being a consultant and get a fee for it. So, you know, I'm trying to, to get myself set up for my, uh, uh, for my retirement. So I have money coming in. So, you know, I mean, there, there, there is a, uh, uh, a reason for me to do this other than just being, being, you know, uh, supporting education yet. The main reason for me has always been supporting education. Uh, and so so we were able to get that together. I have a lot of work to do in the next month. Uh, one of my uh, responsibilities is going to be uh, uh, going to all the teaching facilities within about a 10-mile radius and pushing the idea and, and hopefully getting enough people to sign up. We want to get about 20 kids involved in this. And I think we can do that. I think that's not going to be that hard. Uh, so, so yeah, we're going. It's it's going to happen. And I'm the reason it's going to happen. I'm the one to push this. So, and, so. Uh, and now you can say you can walk up to certain people who grab about how this country needs to change, and we really need to do something for this country, and said, "What have you done with your year?" Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's small. It's not anything big, but it will it will open eyes and it will educate, and that's what we need to do. You know, I mean the older generation, uh, you know, and I'm older than you, Stephen. I mean, I think one of our basic things we need to do is 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 to educate the younger people and to get them to. Uh, uh, you know, open their ears, open their eyes, and find something that they truly love. And, well, and, and I, I, part, I consider myself part of the older generation, too. And I'm tired of all of my generations talking about, you young kids, you don't know how it was, really was back then. You're dumb. You're not making that. It's like they're bitter that the young generation want to do what they're doing. No, let's encourage them. Who's going to take over when we can't? Well, you know, it's it's like I teach. So one of the things I do at this conservatory, actually the only thing I do, I do uh, a couple of uh, 
of classes on uh, music theory, and then the last 15, 20 minutes, I always do music appreciation. And so to introduce these kids for listening to, you know, the main stuff that's coming through the pop, uh, you know, whether it be Ariana Grande or whether it be, you know, most of them are, are, are Lat- Latinx, so, you know, the Latin music that's coming through, to introduce them to earlier things and, and to show them that there's this through line and, 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 and oh, you you know, you like this song, maybe you'll like this one. Well, and, me, it's and I don't like, uh, no matter what you listen to, no matter what you watch, you're not doing it wrong. No, no, not at all. One of the things, and we talk about this, you and I, uh, when we're together on the podcast, uh, let's just put it this way. What's the most important letter when you have an opinion? Come on, you know this. Oh, yeah. It's why. Why? You know, it's it's one thing to say I don't like it, but you have to know why you don't like it. And so I push them on that. I don't, I don't take that as an answer. Why don't you like it? Don't you like the... Uh, is the tempo too slow? Is this too? You know, why don't you like it? Yeah. Sometimes they okay. can answer. And sometimes now they to can. move on because we got a hundred minutes of interviews that they're worth through bullshit. Okay, it's time for the sad R.I.P. section of two people who really well. One is one of the greatest actors of all time, but the first one I talk about with Carl is really in the seventies. There were two really overtly gay comedians whose jokes were, hey, I'm gay. Right, Carl? Right. And the first one is the great Paul Lynn, who could have walked around with a shirt saying, I don't give a shit, and we would have loved it because he didn't. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the second was one of the last of the what you would call the Borscht Belt comedians, besides Don Rickles, to really, well, he kept kicking ass. He was uh, loved in the 60s, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And that would be the great Rip Taylor. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, For those of you that might not know who he is, he, he, he certainly did do some acting, but he was much more uh, uh, a guest on, you know, like Johnny Carson and things like that. He, he was first called the crying comedian because one of his sticks was he'd be talking and then suddenly he'd start crying and it would be funny. Um, and then a, another uh, thing he did is he tossed confetti all the time. And so, so, but he was just, he was hysterical. He was hysterical, you know, uh, and his mustache too. You could, you couldn't not see Rip Taylor without his mustache. Yeah. And I think he's the one that got away with TV once. I think, I forget what show it was. He said, what's the one thing girls will never have from me? And uh, 
The audience went, what? And he said, mustache ride. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and he was the host of one of the most infamous game shows of the 70s. The one show that got Chuck Bears in a shitload of trouble, didn't it? No, no, one of many shows that got Chuck Bears in a shitload of trouble. But probably the most infamous of all of them. Go ahead. Yeah, and that will be the $1.98 beauty pageant. Oh. Yep. That is one of the most brutal game shows, comedies I've ever seen. Well, it, it, it's vintage Barris because Barris, I always thought Chuck Barris, he wanted to embarrass the audience. He wanted to make them, you know, drop their jaw at what they just saw. And that that's exactly what he, and he found the perfect person to host it. Seriously. Yeah, I mean... You get to see Rip Taylor walk around with like the change with the, the the money changer on his fucking belt, and he give out the two dollars a quarter, the dollar ninety eight, and just change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Rip Taylor is one in one of the most bizarre exploitation sexploitation films, was it? Yeah, of the early eighties, and that would be Chatterbox. And that's actually 70s, I think. But yeah, Chatterbox, 70s. oh my God. Uh, yeah. Chatterbox was a remake of a French film, which was actually oh. a, a hardcore. And well, it's about a woman you. with a... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, let me just tell you what movie it remake it is, and they'll just tell you everything. Pussy talk. <laughs> yep. It's about a talking vagina. And he's hysterical. Now... You know what? There's another film he's in that I have to mention that I love. I personally love. It's my favorite of the three uh, of, of of the trilogy. But that's yeah. the Happy Hooker Goes to Washington. He's just hysterical in this. He's hysterical and so much yeah. fun. He's always fun in everything that he was involved in. Well, you know and what? He has Let, one of the top. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Finish up. And he has one of the top ten burns for a heckler ever. Uh, go ahead. There was a heckler that was sitting in the audience and was calling him fag, queer, just every insult he wants to. So finally, Rick Taylor walked up to the guy, took off his wig, and flashed his bald head and said, Lick it, buddy. (laughs) And the guy just sat there in shock. (laughs) Yep. He never did stand without his wig on much, but whenever he did, took it off, it was always one of his best gags. So just to give you an idea of, of how long he he started. So he did the Ed Sullivan show in, in, in like uh, 1961. And then the Jackie Gleason show in 63, 64, Merv Griffin, um, and, and uh, 
He be, but one of the big things is because of all this, he went to Vegas, and 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 he was he was uh, uh, Las Vegas Entertainer of the Year like three years running. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, he became head, he became a warm up for Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., and Margaret Debbie Reynolds, Frankie Lane, Judy Garland. You know, he was uh, in two episodes of The Monkees, and and uh, he also had a cameo in their 1969 TV special, Thirty Three and a Third Revolutions per Monkey. He uh, he was a the uh, voice performer and here comes the grump as the title character and and uh he played uncle fester in the cartoon series of uh adams family in the 90s he was he was on the gong show hollywood squares tell the truth match game he was a uh, a regular on sigmund and the sea monsters i mean seriously the guy was just amazing and he Another was thing a I would person too, so he could say he was sort of like Rip Donald Rickles, and he could say the meanest stuff ever. But because he was so sweet about it, he'd get away with it. Nowadays, they would consider him insensitive. Well, he 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 was a lot kinder than 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 uh, uh, Rickles, but Rickles had a warmth to him where you knew he was. He was joshing you. Somehow Rickles was able to do that. Uh, Taylor, if he got pissed, like like the one story you just said, he could be really brutal, just like any comedian. Yeah. Uh, but but he was he was really nice, and 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 uh, I really enjoyed seeing him over the years. And he was, you know, he he played uh, uh, the genie in Ducktales. Uh, he was all over voice uh, work too. So you know. Just a great. And how sad great. is it that we accepted Paul Lynn and Rip Taylor? We knew they were gay. We just didn't say a damn word about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Then well, we are you know, accepting of gays nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean the one thing about it is. It was wonderful that Paul and Rip and, and, and a couple other people during the era, you could tell they were gay, but they were in such a way safe. You know, it, the, nothing was political. Nothing was... I wouldn't was, call uh, Paul in safe. <laughs> well, you know, safe in the terms that that, you know, with the double entendres and stuff that he did... Uh, you know, they a straight audience wasn't afraid of being in the same room with him, right? And they well, weren't we because they were accepted him because they were nice people. people. Right, exactly. And Charles Nelson Riley too. We can't forget him. Oh, Charles was great. No, but but wonderful. And and listen, another thing you forget about Rip Taylor. He was actually on Broadway too. Yeah. He replaced Mickey. He replaced Mickey Rooney in uh, the Burlesque theme musical comedy Sugar Babies, and and, and went to yeah. do live shows with his co-star Debbie Reynolds all over Las Vegas and Nevada. 
and Atlantic City also. But yeah, we're going to miss them. And look, and if you're young, look up some of his stuff on YouTube. It's funny. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now for the one that really hurt us. As soon as I, it was like Troy. He was the first one to report it on Facebook. And as soon as I found out about this one, I called you about three times. Yeah, I was sleeping I was like, because it, it was overnight. Yeah, yeah, it was like, well, 10, 11, I was like, fuck it, I got to tell him about this. I don't want him to find out about this one by saying some fucking random post on Facebook. Right. And unfortunately, that's then, exactly how I found out. Yeah. The next because, morning. Oh, well, no, you you messaged me at midnight about an hour. Oh, that's right, that's right. But still, damn, this one hurts. Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, and uh, did you did you listen to that one of the stories that I sent you? No, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance. Well, the to. guy who uh, did it, Drac, he mm-hmm. appeared with him in the live version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest that he did. Oh, nice. Yeah, did you know that... Uh, well, we're talking about Robert Forrester. Did a live version of Cuckoo's Nest where he played the McMurphy role? Oh, that would be great. Yeah, and Drac played, uh, was playing Chief Browden. Oh, cool. But, yeah, Robert Forrester, he was just one of the cool guys and the most honest guy about the business. It, it, it's amazing. It truly is amazing. If you take a look at his uh, filmography, uh, just huge filmography. And, and and the other thing, too, about him, and, and, of course, we'll talk about Jackie Brown and that sort of thing, but I don't care what movie he was in. It could be the worst film you've ever seen. If he was in it, he was great, and I have, when we go through a number of these things, uh, I'll, I will have examples of that, uh, and one in particular, uh, but, but just amazing actor, um, and uh, I can tell you this, uh, my, all my friends and, and, and everybody that, I've, that I know, including, of course, Stephen, has just been heartbroken over this. Nobody that I have heard from, and I've heard many, many personal stories, uh, has anything bad to say about Forster. And neither do I. I never, I never met him, but I did contact him along with uh, Vicky, uh, Vicky Love, uh, and uh, we had uh, a long uh, email conversation he and I back in the day, along with Vicky. Uh, so, so nothing but great things to say about. Well, we've only got one bad story about Foster, and that would be the Larry Cohen one. But even they ended up making up once he realized that Cohen was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was uh, he was actually uh, cast in, in 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 the one film, uh, and uh, he wanted to chew gum, and like. Uh, 
Cohen said no, and and then of course fired him, and then Tony Lobianco uh, took over that role. But years later, came back and and did um, did uh, um, um, original Gangsters yeah. with with him. And we've talked about his second biggest film many times on this show. But there's one thing we really haven't mentioned that this is where we're going to tackle it at, Carl. Okay. Medium Cool would not have worked with any other actor than Robert Forster. Because he could slip from the badass cool motherfucker to the very vulnerable, guilty side of himself. Like, that, if you heard that snap, just poof, one second he's like the coolest motherfucker in the world, and then he just has that breakdown, and he can mm-hmm. do it without dialogue, too. Oh, well, well, that's the whole thing. He did it without dialogue. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never seen anyone, you know, in, in any film, and, and I've seen it several times with Forster and films where it's just a look and suddenly you see this revelation in his face. Yeah. And his eyes. You know what I'm talking about with Medium Cool, right? Where he finds out uh, the big secret and then he walks out of the room angry and then the next second he, he walks out of the room his cool self and then he stands there angry and then you see the wind come out of his body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about medium cool because I don't know if many of our listeners uh, know about it. Medium cool was a... Well, we did uh, talk about uh, three months ago on uh, the 1968 episode. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, okay, but I'm going to say it again, damn it. It's my favorite film of Forster's. Yeah. Um, he plays a, a uh, TV newsman, a uh, cameraman, by the name of John Costellis. And this is basically uh, a film by Has- Haskell Wexler, and they used the background of the 1968 uh, riots at the Democratic Convention, and it's real. What you see there in this film, it's real. And and uh, it's all about you know the government and, and using uh, footage uh, for... Uh, 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 for political purposes and and against the uh, protesters, and it's an extremely political film. And the one thing that you see in Forster's presence is that he could, <coughs> as as uh, Stephen said, he's this cold, detached cameraman who can, uh, uh, you know, uh, film a car accident. And, 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 and that. And yet you see through this uh, uh, relationship he gets with this woman and and, and her son uh, that he changes. And you can see the changes not only in his face, but the way that he purports himself. And, and I can't think of anyone who can be that subtle and yet that direct. Mm. And so, yes, I would agree with you. No one else would do it as good as he did. And, you and remember that just, line from the Blair Witch Project? 
when they were lost in the woods and what's his name was uh, looking through the camera. Right. He said, medium cool was right. You do feel detached from the world once you put that lens in front of your eye. Well, to tell you that, I don't remember that line because I fucking hate that movie. But that's beside the point. <laughs> but, yeah, that was one of the big points of the movie. And only Forrester could have carried it off. Because once he had... Because once he was behind the camera, he was detached from the world. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, before that, he was a golden god. And I'm being literal about that, ain't I? That's how... Uh, <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. That's You're how talking John about Houston John. shot him in reflections of the golden eye. Mm-hmm. And he has a very famous... Uh, uh, um, Nude scene on a on on a uh, horse, and he becomes the object of affection for Marlon Brando, uh, and uh, uh, Elizabeth Taylor is in that film too. It's something. Let me tell you something. That and that was his debut. <laughs> okay. One yeah. thing you've got to say about Forster is he did not do the normal everyday big-budget pictures. I mean, there were some that he tried, but, man, just really, really good stuff and oddball stuff and stuff off the the beaten track. Okay? Well, goddamn, you couldn't get much bigger in 1967 than making a movie with the It Couple, Marlon Brando. I mean, Elizabeth Taylor, Marlon Brando was like the actor's actor. I mean, it was like a fucking dream come true for a young actor. Yeah, and unfortunately, the film is is problematic at best and and died a very quick death. That's Um, because even John Huston said he didn't have the balls to film it right. 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 He basically said the only one who had balls in that movie was Robert Forster. Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing. He didn't care. In fact, was it you that told me that that uh, he had a speech in the '90s where he basically said that his uh, his member was being retired? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell that story. He's like, he's because like, he I finally got to full old and nudity. Yeah. He's like, I, I'm retiring it for nudity because it just droops there anymore and it doesn't have the, the young world. <laughs> he was that honest about himself. Like, uh, when he talked about Golden Eye, he said he had to curse himself out to do it. He said, you son of a bitch, if you don't do it now, you'll never do it again and you'll always be a fucking coward your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there's so many interesting things he did, you know, and we'll get into the exploitation stuff, but this is pre-exploitation. Uh, there's a really interesting film he did with Noel Black called Cover Me, Babe, uh, and he was the lead through that. He was, so, of course, there was The Godfather, too, and yeah. so there were lots of uh, of, of uh, um Takeoffs and and and, and uh, variations of that, and he was in a really good one called "The Dawn Is Dead." With uh, yeah, Anthony oh, Quinn. that one's good. That one's but really good. But the thing good. was that 
we have to realize that he was the it boy for the moment. Golden Eye, yeah. uh, Don is Dead, uh, Medium Cool. He was just the it boy. Yeah, and unfortunately, that by the time Don is Dead, that's a secondary role in Don is Dead. So, you know, by that time, it was very, very short-lived with him. And so he told a story. He had an interview in, in a couple of years ago where he said, you know, there was this big flash, and then you just see this, uh, you know, going down and down and down. And, and, and before Jackie Brown, he said, you know, I didn't have a lawyer. I didn't have an agent. It was just coming to me happenstance, and I did whatever I could do just to get some money because I had three kids. And then suddenly, yeah. of course, then it's then it's uh, Quentin Tar- Tarantino, and boom. And let's be honest. Did he ever give a shit about growing old and getting bald and gray-haired? Oh, hell no. Which Look at led- the descendants, man. Look at the descendants. He has a very small role as the father uh, and, and he actually punches out George Clooney in that and he's fucking awesome he's well awesome I was thinking more like Alligator with one of the funniest lines that he just said out of the blue that Louis Teague said fuck it we're keeping it in <laughs> yeah okay tell him that story it's where this extra is just walking by and he goes hey buddy pal don't look like I'm going bald <laughs> and the guy went, yep. Oh, yeah? Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he, You know, another thing, too, is when it came down to it, what do you think, you know, each actor has something that defines him, a type of role. You know, like with John Wayne, it's the Westerns and so on and so forth. But you know what? I always thought that Forrester was really, really good as like a private uh, detective or a cop. He was good as the everyman whose life has really gotten him down, but he really don't give a shit, you know. Well, you you know, I'm thinking of his TV series. You know, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen Banyan, but that was a private detective series. It only ran half a season, but I remember watching it, and it was set during the 30s, I think, either yeah. late 20s or early 30s. He was so good in that. And then he had another series called Nakia, uh, where he was a deputy uh, in New Mexico and, and uh, uh, solved crime. Remember I've got the tie-in novel to that? Oh, yeah, you told me about Cat, and I just about blew my wad. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, he played an Indian. Really, Nakia was part of uh, Billy Jack's exploitation. Yes. Yes. But it was good. Mm-hmm. And then another film, you know, I, I wanted to mention this when we did the stunt movies. But but he's in a film, and, and, and actually, uh, uh, Bruce Glover is also in this, too. And Bruce posted this a couple of days ago. Stunts. 
Yeah, do you remember me and Bruce went off on that movie when he was on the show? Yep. I love that film. Freaking love that film. But then, then again, I love everything that Forster was in. You know, even Avalanche, for God's sake. Avalanche wasn't that bad. It, it, well, it was. It, I never was a big fan of those type of movies anyway. Compared to the worst of the worst, like The Swarm. Roller coaster. <laughs> Roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Three minute warning, the TV cut. Yeah. Black Sunday. Oh, I, 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 I know like it has Booster and is a Nazi, but it still sucks. Sorry. I know. I love. I love Black. I love Black Sunday. I disagree with you, but that's okay. We're allowed to do that. But yeah. and and then, what's your thought? Because we've talked about this. What's your thought of the black hole? I liked it. It's good. It's fucking good. The only problem about it is it takes too long to get going. Mm-hmm. Of course, Forster plays Captain Holland in that, and he's yeah. uh, the, he's sort of the lead along with Max von Sydow. My problem with the black hole is it doesn't know what it is. Is it a kids' movie? Is it a a, a real science fiction? film is it a horror movie it has no well, idea remember, what it is this is disney they yeah star wars came out and that, that this is when they were trying to make an adult film go at it but they were too pussy to so we got black hole which really was a very dark horror oriented remake of uh 20,000 leagues under the sea right but then they decided to focus on the cute robots and things like that, you know. Yeah. I love Slim Pickens, but Slim Pickens as a robot is just pushing it. Yeah, especially Slim Pickens playing the big red robot's gay bitch. <laughs> he was. You know he was. I know. I'm not disagreeing and with you. It's novel. It's very real, you know. <laughs> And a lot of people were pissed off about that bizarre ending. In the book, it gets even weirder. After they go through the black hole and vanish and all that, it Mm -hmm. shows her Forrester's character and him as flowers on the beach, talking about how wonderful this experience is. We've evolved. (laughs) I kind of like the ending, actually. It's like out of fucking nowhere. But then, of course, after the black hole, there's Alligator, which is just one of the great movies of all time. Alligator is scary, creepy, but fun. It's so much fucking fun. If you haven't seen it and you like the monster, if you like Crawl, watch Alligator. Well, let me put it this way. Crawl, definitely. Uh, saw Alligator and, and played a lot of the same vibe. Uh, yeah. Alligator also, let's keep this in mind that the script was done by John Sales, um, yeah. who, who's one of the finest people, uh, script and, and, and uh, uh, writers out there. 
Uh, and it's just so much fun. And that's, of course, you were telling the whole thing about the hair is a big yeah, thing in that. That's when Robert Forster started dropping jokes about him getting older and getting bald. Mm-hmm. He embraced it. Oh, absolutely. And, and then, then right got after what really... Yeah, go, go for it. Go for it. No, no, no. You're you going exactly where I'm going. Fucking film of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the trailer, you wouldn't think it's dark, but once you see Vigilante, it's fucking dark. You got Fred the Hammer Williamson as a psychotic who's killing the right guys. You get Robert Forster's family who's raped and murdered. You get Robert Forster slowly becoming a fucking psychotic. You have Joe Spinell. As one of the most normal people in the movie. Joe <laughs> now as a normal person. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. That is such an amazing film. And, and you know, we think of Death Wish, right? As yeah. the beginning of that, that type of vigilante. And certainly this was a knockoff, but this one just absolutely knocks it out of the park. This one makes Death Wish look like uh, uh, a children's novel. Seriously. is closer to Death Wish the novel than Death Wish the movie was. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that end, if you're not afraid of Robert Forster's character after that fucking ending, then something's wrong with you. Exactly. Exactly. So so I have a question for you, Stephen. Is there any movie that you can think of where Robert Forster was miscast and yet it was still good? Mm, no. Yes, you can. What? Yes, you can. What? Delta Force. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> that movie Seriously, needed more than Marvin as a, and as a, Chuck Norris. Right. They they cast him as Abdul, the 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 terrorist. Yeah, the but he's Forster. good at it. No, no. But the thing is, you could tell Forster's looking at this like I miscast. Fuck it. I'm still going to do what I do. And he's wonderful. And listen, you got Chuck Norris and Lee Marvin, but then you've got Joey Bishop, Lainey Kazan. I mean, the, the cast of this is, is insane. And Shelly Winters? Don't, don't forget Shelly Winters. Oh, yeah. Shelley, Robert Vaughn, Bo Spenson, and one of our favorites, Steve James. Yeah, that was his first canon film. Even though yeah. Shelley Winters was such a bitch on the movie and the set, it lets Robert Foster say one of his fucking best improv lines ever. What? I should fucking kill you first, you annoying Jew bitch! <laughs> <laughs> and it's those lines that are perfect. Because and he's what's funny to is, her. 
you're expecting a big fight at the end between Marvin and Norris and fucking uh, Forrester. Yeah. They're not even in the fucking scene together when Norris blows up his fucking Jeep. You can tell by the cuts. They're not even close to being in the same fucking scene together. The cuts no. are that bad. <laughs> Yeah, and don't forget there's George Kennedy as an Irish priest. You know. Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, and don't forget uh, the the stewardess. I can't pick out the terrorists. Why? I can't pick out the Jews. Why not? I'm German. Can't you see? <laughs> no, you know who that was? That was Hannah Shigula. That was yeah. Fastbinder. Yeah, that was Hannah Shigula. But still, yes, we're going off on the Delta Force, people. (laughs) It's so wrong that it's right. Yeah, exactly. It should have more Steve James in it, too, but we can say that about any film that Steve James was in. Yeah, exactly. And another thing that we have to mention. Okay, Okay, well, you, you finish that. No, you go ahead. Is that Lee Marvin is built as a star and he's barely in the fucking movie. Yeah. Joe Bob Briggs said it the best. They should have sent Lee Marvin's eyebrows instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But but now we get uh, into a film that I totally love. It's the only film that Forster ever directed. But one of the things I do want to mention... And and I I know this at least, you know that Robert Forster and Joe Spinell were in seven movies together. Yeah. And I would suspect they were good friends, because they yeah. they show up. But Forster did a film called Hollywood Harry. This is this is a film that I only got to see on VHS. I don't think it's ever been out on DVD. No. And it, it, it it's a film that he just did very cheaply because he wanted to do it. He plays a private detective, and his daughter actually plays this young kid that he saves from this this gangster. And 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 it's just so much fun and so. He's not so even acting in the movie. He's just Robert Forster. Yeah, he's Robert Forster, a dad. And, and, and it's wonderful. And tell them the story you told me about when you saw it, and there was a particular scene that made you chuckle. It was, uh, he was leaving from, it's about in the middle of the movie, I think, and he's leaving from the date with his love interest in the movie. And he just stops and looks at her and goes, hey, you want to see something? And she goes, what? And then he does ham bones. He was slapping on his leg for two minutes. (laughs) And then he goes, what do you think of that? And she starts laughing, and he just walks off. (laughs) Again, he shows himself. I I, I, I love this movie. It's on YouTube. Watch it. Seriously, it's so much fun. It's not a great interview. He said this is the film that he's pissed off the most that's not on DVD. Yeah. 
he says it's caught up in the rights issues with the distributors and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now that he said it'll probably come out, ain't that a bitch? When it's too late for us to get a fucking commentary from him. Yeah, such a shame. Such a shame. And then there's Over the Edge, which has a better trailer than it is a movie. Okay, is that also known as Counterforce? No, that's the one I showed you with him and Nancy Kwan together. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. Okay, so the title I have of that is... Uh, where is that? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. I know the one you mean. I know the one you mean. Yeah. I can't... Him and Nancy Kwan are great Walking together. the Edge. It's known what? also as Walking the Edge. Yeah, Walking the Edge. Yeah, Walking the right. Edge. That film should have been great. Nancy Kwan is someone who kills someone who kills her husband. Joe Spinell's a psycho after her. Robert Forster is this poor bastard cabbie who she jumps in his cab and ends up getting dragged into this shit. Mm-hmm. But it's not yeah, it's, that damn good. It's not horrible, though, and he's good at it. Oh, him and Nancy Kwan and Spinell, of course, are great in it. But you could tell Spinell's pretty close to his death because he wasn't that. He looks mm-hmm. bad in it. Yeah, he does. But they're fun. That's the thing. In the 80s, he may have been in smaller films in the 80s, but they were fun movies. Oh, well, let's, talk about, like, let's talk about Satan's Princess. One of Bird Eye Gordon's last films. Uh, or maybe, <laughs> yeah. Okay, come on. But force, you know, this is the thing. You know, you could see bad movies that he's in, but yeah. still, they're worth seeing because he's in them. But yeah. there's a movie right after that we got to talk about, which is one of the the great unsung hidden gems, and that would Isn't be the one he did for Roger Corman. Uh, no, I, I'm not sure if this was Corbin or not. I'm, it's the banker. Uh, guess what, Carl? Oh, okay, it is for Okay, it is. Okay. Guess what? It, it was done for Corbin. Okay. No, Shout Factory announced it. It's coming out on Blu-ray early next year. Holy! Oh, oh, did he do a commentary before he died? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. The banker so. is one of those, if you read the video box and you read and you watch the trailer, you will stay far away from it because it looks like another crappy vampire film. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? The trailer and the box. Yeah, the trailer. And but if you watch it, you'll see American Psycho done right. <laughs> Not saying that Christian Bell wasn't good, but it's a hell of a lot better than the book. Oh man, and this this is a really fine film. 
And listen to this, okay? Robert Forster, Duncan Regeer, who you may not know, but he was the vampire in the Monster Squad. He's fucking awesome. Jeff Conaway, Leif Garrett, Richard Roundtree. Just awesome, awesome cast. And what it is is about a psychotic banker who has a collection of exotic weapons where he likes to go around killing people. Yep. I I I really I really like this film. I think this oh, film really is a real good. Just yeah. like I said, don't look up the trend on YouTube. Just fucking trust us. Okay, so after the banker, there's lots of films that he did, and some of them I don't know. And I mean, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. In 1991, guess how many films he did? How many? Seven. Well, that's when the DTV market was really exploding. Okay. And so, anybody with half an ass of a name. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh, but one of these films I have to mention, I forget where I saw this, but there is a movie called In Between. Okay, and and the only, basically the two big people in it would be Robert Forster and Winks Hauser. Okay, Alexander Paul too. Uh, but but so anyway, it's the old chestnut that people are trapped in the house. They don't know why they're trapped in the house, but it's purgatory. It's been done many many times. Okay. Oh, so Robert Forster is this angel called Vinny. Who comes in at a hot pink tuxedo? I'll repeat <laughs> that. A hot pink tuxedo with a beret. And he changes hats all the way through it, guiding these people through purgatory so that they can redeem themselves. It's, he's in a completely different movie because everybody else is, is just. You know, you know, you know. What are we gonna do? You know, and, and it's like self-operation type of stuff. And he just, when he comes in, it's a whole different movie. And isn't it, it, it's wonderful. Isn't and, and that I'll tell one you where he looks at the lead girl and the first thing he says to her is "nice tits"? No. Oh. No. No. But yeah, he was at really the bottom around '93. And then this asshole who had just had one of the biggest game-changing films. Some would say two, but fuck you, Reservoir Dogs kind of sucks. One of the biggest game... Well, Pulp Fiction changed the fucking 90s. Yeah, absolutely. And he was doing this follow-up, which was an adaption of Rum Punch. And he was like... Who's going to play Max Cherry, this world-weary bondsman, but who's smarter than they think they are? And Tarantino said there's only one name that popped in his head. He wrote it for him. Yeah. He said as soon as he read the book, he's like, that's fucking Robert Forrester. Yeah. And the first time that Tarantino called Forrester... (laughs) 
Forster hung up on him because he's like, yeah, yeah, right, boom. <laughs> well, actually, they did know each other because he was up for the Lawrence Tierney role. Yeah. And 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 uh, so they knew each other. But well, yeah, you know, I mean, he, he didn't that believe he was it. full of shit. You know, like the biggest yeah. director wasn't the right role for him. Yeah, right. He thought it was some guy pulling a prank on him. Yeah. And he said, that wasn't the part that made me shit my pants. He's like, oh, I've got your co-star already cast. And he's like, oh, who, Uma Thurman? No, guess again. And then he like named three few other actresses. He's like, okay, I give up who? Pam Greer. And he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go back to another uh, older film, original Gangsters. Uh, Forster talks about walking onto the set and then seeing Pam Greer in the exercise room lifting weights. And he said, and they're like, did you go in and talk to her? Hell no. I was peeking in like a little pervert 12-year-old kid. You can't go talk to Pam Greer. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, the next year, he's shooting with Pam Greer, one of the most beautiful love stories ever. Seriously. And for most of us, pa- Tarantino's best fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And and I gotta say something about original gangsters too. We talked about. Uh, Larry Cohen and and that Robert Forster had a, a out with Larry Cohen, uh, but on Original Gangsters, Cohen brought him back and 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 also let's not forget that they also did Sam, uh, he was in Uncle Sam too, which is Cohen, uh, 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 script by Cohen. So they they made up. And he, he has a small role on Original Gangsters, but he's very good. Oh yeah. Original Gangster is one of those films that should have been better than it was. But part of it is that they were all getting old, and the bigger part was that Fred the Hammer Williamson and Larry Cohen were fighting the whole time. Right. And you could really tell that in the tone of the movie. You can tell easily which parts Cohen shot and which parts Fred shot. Right, and and let's not forget that one of our favorite people too was in the film, and you could tell he was very sick. Oh yeah, they were shocked when Ron O'Neill showed up on the set. He weighed about he didn't what he didn't tell them is that he had cancer, and when he showed up on set, he weighed about 115 pounds. Yeah. He was supposed yeah, to have but, a bigger role in it, but <laughs> yeah, unfortunate. So, so of and course, Forrester, Jackie Brown hits, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, he has a second career. He's yeah, got another Forrester shot. Said in almost all the interviews, when he did Jackie Brown, he was hoping to get one fourth of the boost that John Travolta got from Pulp Fiction, and he got it. Oh, yeah. He did. 
He did. And, and the one thing about Forster is whether he's a lead or a supporting actor or whatever the case, he's a character. He's a character actor. And, and, and there's this wonderful sense of, of, of being able to portray that, portray background when he does it. It's just wonderful stuff. Um, so if you're looking at post uh, uh, Jackie Brown films, Wait, let what me say film... something first about Jackie Brown before we move on. You know, okay. one of my favorite relationship in that movie that really isn't talked about that much. Okay. Robert Forster and Tiny Lister's relationship. I love yes. them when they're together. Yeah. Who's that? Cause... That's Max. What does he do? I find people. <laughs> <laughs> And at the end, when they're like, that's Max, he's like, you find people? That's my job. Are you good? I'm not fired, am I? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is a great relationship. That's a great relationship. Yeah. So what what I was going to ask you was of his post-films and TV work, uh, what do you think is like one of the hidden gems after Jackie Brown that not many people know about? Honestly, Olympus is down. They may be hit films, but they're better than they give credit for. I would rather people see Olympus is down than the fucking Rambo, two Rambo movies. Right. Well, there, there are several... As, uh, and he's great as a recurring character as the chief of staff in all three films. Yeah. Yeah. W- wonderful actor. Wonderful. And, 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 and a he good gets role to work off of Morgan Freeman, so hey. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But if I'm going to talk about a film that went under the radar... I'm going to talk about a film called Diamond Men, which he did in 2000. And it's basically a 30 years traveling diamond salesman must mentor a brash young replacement when his company downsizes him. Okay, now from that, you don't get anything. But basically what this is, is it turns out to be a very interesting heist movie, kind of. Or con movie, yeah. and 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 it's uh, it's basically uh, Robert Forster and Donnie Wahlberg, yeah. and it's just a wonderful, wonderful film. Uh, I I love this movie. I love this. You know movie. why I really picked Olympus is down? I can talk about it. The real good one, American Perfect, spelled with a K. P-E-R-F-K-E-T. I can't talk about it. Just go see it. Yeah, I can't talk about it either. Yeah. Uh, you've got to see American Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. the reason we can't talk about it, we can't talk about. It's just, it's one of those films that just goes, holy shit. 
And it's the one time that you've ever seen Robert Forster play a role like that. Yeah. What you can say is there's something to do with a radio station. <laughs> yeah. Well, the main plot is that uh, Robert Forster picks up this girl hitchhiking, and the first third of the movie is them driving somewhere. And then all of a sudden, this guy tries to run him off the road, and the girl vanishes. From then on, mm-hmm. he can't, I ain't saying shit. Oh, uh, by the way, we're we're actually talking about two different films. I forgot about that. That's American Perfect. I was talking about Outside of Zona. Have you ever seen Outside of Zona? No. Okay, it's sort of a a weird sort of ensemble piece about people driving in the middle of Arizona at night listening to this radio station. And get this, I want you to hear this cast. Robert Forster, Kevin Pollack, David Pamer, Penelope Ann Miller, Swoozy Kurtz, now sit down, Taj Mahal, Meatloaf. Nice. Yeah, well, it's, it's a really cool little film. We've already talked, there's only 30 minutes left, and this is the outline. Carl is going to be the fucking painting. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be doing a show. We're hoping to do it this weekend on Saturday, but I'll be doing a show definitely on Robert Forster, and I'm going to have some guests, and we're going to be talking yeah. about his work. And, this and right and here could be considered more. the opening show. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, you know, I, I have to say this before 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 I leave. That Robert Forster is someone I have loved ever since I can remember first seeing him. And I first saw him on TV in 1971. I followed him. I love this man. I always have. <clears throat> and and to lose him like this, at least we have basically uh, five decades of, of film and TV that we can remember him with. And it's just a wonderful thing to see. And and, and, and uh, we're going to miss him. Ryan Nicholson also died this week. He was a indie director who did some very nasty little gore films, and he worked as a FX guy on Predator and stuff. And the reason I brought him up is so I can say this, and this goes to Robert Forster, too. Fuck you, brain cancer. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you love this show, love Robert Forster, donate to a look. Well, look it up and make sure it's legit first. Donate to a fucking cancer charity this week, so we can one day, hopefully, our great grandchildrens or something like that, can say, "What's cancer?" Yeah. Yeah. And before we go, I'm gonna let Carl talk a few minutes on his his. Really, his favorite news this week. Uh, this guy was the older doing a remaster of the Oscar award-winning movie Crash, aren't they, Carl? Uh, no. Oh, what no. Crash was that? Um, that they're doing a 4K restoration of. 
No, that would be David Cronenberg's crash. Did he say anything that might be important to you while he was well, well, uh, one of the things is there giving was an interview? He sent it to me, of course. Uh, he was doing an uh, uh, interview about the 4K restoration, and so um, it came out that he is going to be doing a miniseries. I forget for what streaming service. Uh, I think it's Netflix. Um, of his novel, Consumed. And oh, good lord! I don't. Have you read Consumed? No. Let me put it this way: This is gonna. This is going to out Cronenberg, Cronenberg if he does the novel. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. And if you don't believe me, watch a short that he did to to introduce the novel. And it's called The Nest. And you can find it on YouTube or Vimeo. I think Vimeo, actually. Watch The Nest. It will freak you the fuck out. And women, you're going to have a hard time with this one. Trust me on this. Trust me on this. This is this okay, is rough stuff. Okay. Well, thank you for being on, and we're gonna miss you, Rip Taylor and Robert Forster. Absolutely. And and and, and and another thing is is Central Cinema and and uh, what he's doing there is just a great thing. Oh God, yeah! Congratulations to him. God damn, two nights sold the freak out, man. Two nights. Yeah. Of, really, really no, nice. three nights out of four are sold out. And from what he's saying, pretty much, I think by time Saturday hits, Saturday's going to be sold out. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And I'll be seeing you guys on Thursday 1st from the grind out. There's going to be an interview with Jolene. She's directed about three or four uh, at the Grindouts, and the second is going to be Ian and Jessica, separate uh, interviews. Nice. Nice. So thank you for being on. Everybody else, you still got a while to go. You still got uh 74 minutes left of show, so hey, see you on Thursday, and this Sunday, hopefully, if one of the people who don't screw up, Carl, we're going to have the live reading show played while I'm at the fest. Cool. And Carl's already got some plans, but he hasn't got other things, because it's tradition to have Carl and... Miss Vicky, tell at least two stories each. Yeah, I, I'll get I'll get that as soon as I get the stuff from from the library, which hopefully will be tomorrow. I'll let you know. And listen to Carl's Robert Forster show on Friday. It's gonna be good. It's actually gonna be on Saturday. It'll be on well, Saturday. Saturday. No matter when it's gonna be, listen to Carl's Robert Forster show because it's gonna be good. And with that. Good night, goodbye, here's the interviews, see you on Thursday at the Fest.
All right. Good night, everyone. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. Yes. Hello, Jolene. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. Yes. For how many years have you been doing the grind out? Uh, I believe this is my sixth year. Yes, you're hard. It's going. It's hard to find someone who does the grind out who isn't addicted to it and who ha Well, Ian said that, and he'll be on. He'll be on later that. There's some new ones this year, but most of it, it's like long-timers. Oh, yeah. Now, everyone I know who's uh, done it, like, sticks with it for a while. Yeah, it takes a special kind of crazy to look at something and say, okay, you have six days, six hours, and six minutes to make a short. <laughs> and you don't even know what genre you're making. Right. So, it's, it's i got to do this for <laughs> six years. <laughs> it's also crazy because, like, uh, I'm, I'm currently moving right now, and also I'm uh, working full time. So, like, I was trying to juggle the competition with all that. So it was like, ah! But I did it. I got it in. So <laughs> it's like this is how you prove that you're a real filmmaker is to finish one of these well and that you love the genre, mm-hmm. which is exploitation. Yeah, uh, my team got Halloween exploitation. Oh, cool! That could be. That one's kind of vague, so you could pull off anything with that. Yeah, because um, actually, it was only me and my girlfriend working on the film. We decided to just kind of solo it together. Oh, excuse me. Um, and so we were just like, "Wow, that's really vague." So we just kind of put something together, just. <laughs> It's, it's, I think it's pretty funny, so I can't wait to see it and everyone else to see it. God, the rush on that night, I could tell you people about it, but you just don't know the rush when all of the filmmakers and everybody just get together in the theater and it's like five minutes before all the shorts show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, like love, a, I love it every single year. Yeah, it's like a big burst of speed, isn't it? Snorting a big burst of speed or coke, just that, ooh. Even if you don't make one, you're as pumped as they are because the energy heans get off. Like, like, I mean, it might also help that I typically drink, like, a ton of energy drinks beforehand every year. But, <laughs> yeah, you can no, tell I, the new ones because like, they're the ones who are nervous. The old-timers don't care. <laughs> I think I've been going since uh, he started. They started doing shows at the Downtown West. That's about the mm-hmm. first or second year of the Grind Out, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I believe so. Because um, I can't remember the exact year I started because I was I was kind of a little young back then. Um, but I, I just kind of jumped in with uh, someone I kind of knew somewhat, and they were like, hey, you want to be in my film? And so I was in their film, and it was just like, a, a pretty, a pretty bad, pretty, pretty bad film. <laughs> but like, it was funny because it was just, it, it was. I, I played the main character, and I just went around killing people that came into my house because like it was something about like how I was a gamer and no one interrupts my gaming time or something. I don't, I don't remember. remember that. 
I think it was called Night Trap or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that 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 was my first year, like in Grindhouse, and like I it was like such a rush, and then I just went on from there and made all all my other shorts. Yeah, your first short was unique because it was during the dick titty years, and there wasn't an overload of dick or titties in it. Yeah, and like and like and like honestly, like I get why people go for the dick titty stuff, but honestly, like I don't find as much like enjoyment in it. It's just like okay, I get it. There's dick and titties. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why uh, William finally cut the X the award once they started. Really getting big. Oh yeah, it just got egregious. Like it's, at a certain point, like I don't blame him for stopping that. Oh good lord! It's like that. That that was the only award that anyone was gunning for. I, w- I will say though, um, I, I think my favorite my uh, favorite award that I've gotten from the festival was for in 2017 for uh, hold for applause, where I got most likely to inspire protest. That like. <laughs> I was like, yes, I got the award I always won. Yeah. Yeah, most likely to uh, inspire protest. Yeah, that one's a hard one to get. Yeah. I don't know if you uh, remember that film, but it was uh, We Got Sitcom Exploitation. Yeah. Yeah, it was was really cool. Was it the one about the Bizarre Family? So like it was like it was like the mother that no one would listen to. She tried to get a job, and it was like all these like sitcom tropes, and then oh, she just kind of like yeah. loses her mind. They treated the woman, the mother, like an ignorant, and she ended up yeah. being an alcoholic by the time the short's done. Basically, like uh, it's yeah. just like she gets home and she finally just snaps, and then just sees like this twisted rendition of her family. <laughs> like. Yeah, I remember that one. That was one of the best. <laughs> no, Sadly, two of the biggest ones won't be making it this year to the to the grind out. Oh, Yeah, we'll miss you, Doctor Moonrat Productions and uh, Fanboy Productions. Yeah, I was. I was like, no, please come back. Well, I don't know. A lot of. A lot of the filmmakers are intimidated by Moon Rat. Yeah, I can see that. But, like, my personal opinion, like, I don't really care who I'm going against. I just do what I find is fun, and I don't. Like, it is a competition at heart, but at the same time, it's like, eh, I'm just here to have fun, make stupid stuff. Yeah, I'm, yeah, when you make, when you make the, uh, when you make your fellow filmmakers laugh, cringe, or whatever, you know you've yeah. won. <laughs> yeah. And, um... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, I can't year, wait. Yeah. I never can wait. And if you're wanting this to go to that, you better get your tickets, because that one is usually sold out. On the night of. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely need to get that soon. I get paid this Friday, though, so it's like, once I get that, I get my tickets. Well, yeah, the only thing left, though, sadly, is Saturday at the Downtown Regal, because Thursday with the Girdler Fest sold out. Friday sold out. Sunday 
sold out. Whew. But you filmmakers probably get in for the awards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, most of the non-hardcore will leave by the time the awards there, unless they want to see VFW. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of odd this year because they're having the awards before the last film. Really? Huh. Yeah, VFW is the last film, and it's uh, the awards before that. VFW is the one from the guy who did Bliss, where it's sort of like uh, Mad Max with old farts, where they're uh, protecting this woman who steals from this post-apocalyptic uh, looking group of drug dealers. Huh. And wow. they're defending her and their VFW hall from them. Fred the Hammer Williamson, uh, the guy from uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, William Sanderson, oh. yeah, uh, who's playing Death. The guy from you've seen Don't Look, haven't you? Oh uh, yeah, I have. Don't breathe. The guy who plays the badass bald blind guy in it. Oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah, that was the last second edition, I think, thanks to the new boss. Uh, here, Jill, Jill X. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, yeah um, this week is stacked, and every year it keeps getting harder and harder to get tickets. So people, always remember to get your tickets in advance. Oh, definitely. Yeah, like, like, like I, I knew that the festival would continue to, like, rise in popularity, but, like, wow, it's, like, really growing. Yeah. Well, of course, with the grind out and all that, like I said, you cannot, you can talk about it, but you cannot beat that rush when everybody gets together. And it's like seeing, even if it's people you see every week, it's just on the grind out, like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it feels like a really great reunion of just, like, filmmakers. It's like, oh, hey, I knew you. I worked, worked with you on this this one time, and, like, I don't know, it's a very friendly atmosphere. It's incestuous in a good way. Hey, I worked yeah. with you on your other two films. Hey, I worked with you on your one film. Hey, now I'm making hey, my own film. The gang is back together. Yeah. And even though this is Sunday now and we've missed it, uh, Friday they had... Uh, the best of the grind out and uh, the mutilator. I don't know which is the grind out shorts they're showing. It depends on which one the filmmakers are still not embarrassed of. <laughs> uh, oh, I, you just reminded me of one that I'm embarrassed of. It's uh, one I made, I think, a year or two after Night Trap. It was uh, the the fingering. Oh, God, yes. One of the ones that instantly <laughs> broke William. I know. I'm so, I was like, yes, I broke him. <laughs> you ought to feel power because because of you, he got to say, and I quote, I had to edit out, edit out a close-up of a live butthole this year. No, that was, no the, the butthole was not in that one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that was a different one. I, ne- I never, I never filmed a butthole in that one, unless like 
someone snuck something in. Well, yeah, that year oh. I can remember after the shorts were shown, William was just walking out, and I was about to ask him something, but all I heard was muttering under his breath, fuck, shit, damn, fuck, shit, God, you know what that. Yeah, no, the, the, I think, like, the grossest part in the fingering was just uh, that one dude pulling the bloody condom out of his throat and, like, <laughs> yeah. screaming. But, yeah, that was the year that everybody went too far. <laughs> yeah, no, like, everyone. He was everyone afraid mostly him. that the guy from the downtown Regal was going to walk in and like, Shut it all <laughs> No, it's just like, I don't know. It just feels funny that, like, I had a part in this whole group effort. It almost felt like a group effort to break William. Like, <laughs> like how, how insane can we, <coughs> excuse me, how insane can we make him? Yeah. You always see that with festivals, the Wild West days, and then when they have to clean it up when they're getting mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. If, if this festival ever got, like, mainstreamed, oh, man, they'd have to do a quick cleanup act. <laughs> oh, it is. I mean, they've sold out Central for three days, and... I think they've pretty much about half sold out the Downtown West Theater 1, and you've seen how big that theater is. Well, yeah, that place is huge. Um, the big draw to the Downtown West this year, besides the grind-out, is going to be Evil Dead. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for being on, and keep making sick, demented shorts. Oh, I will. And who knows, maybe the fingering, too, will come one day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. And now we're getting back to the show. Thank you again, Jolene, for being on it, and have a great rest of your evening. You, too. Okay, bye. Thank you, everybody, and now, Jessica and Ian. All right, there's a little bit of silence here. The guy who edited this audio should have done a better job. Hello? Hey, don't ever forget hey. I'm the guy who was doing a podcast once. <laughs> and Princess I took about you. <laughs> a water bottle and threw it. It hit me right in the head. What? Yes, she took her water bowl and threw it and hit me right in the head with it. Who? My dog. Me? Princess. Oh, oh. <laughs> she did that? Yeah. So I know about smart. dog issues. Um, well, Suki's pretty smart. She 
Uh, well, I've seen your dogs, Mal, Princess, and Mal. Is that their name? Yeah. They seem pretty smart. Princess I mean, I've got a wiener. Dachshund. Oh uh, yeah, my wiener dog, um, Teddy Bears, the wiener dog. That well, it's my family's dog, but yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. kind of stubborn, though. That's the only thing. Oh, she, or at least he is. Well, my mom <laughs> has had to go out a few times when she tried to go out today. Uh, Princess, a.k.a. Mouse, tried to grab her keys from her hand. Oh. So she knew she was leaving. Yeah. So oh. are you all ready for next week? Is it? It's not next week, is it? It's two weeks from now. No, right? this, next week, it, the Friday is the kickoff show. Oh, my God. Next week is the That's 17th, I think. <laughs> That's why we're, so uh, we've been trying to get ready for everybody because, like, our house is just a mess right now, and um, that's uh, why I was, like, distracted. <laughs> at the theater that I'm sending on the 15th. Right. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then um, the only day at Regal this year will be Saturday, like, the full day, because we can't. That's, like, the longest day, I'm assuming. And it's also the grind out. And, like, we just can't fit everybody, you know, as much as we want to. Like, the fire codes and everything, we can't uh, allow more than, like, 100 people, I think. Yeah. And your theater. Well, it's their loss because, hey, you snooze, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean... I don't know. I mean, like, I, I guess it was kind of like that last year. Um, I honestly don't remember because it was during when I was playing the wedding and everything. So that was also when I was, like, in a, going through that weird, like, I don't know. Did I tell well, you about no, how I went last year and every year above that, I say, oh, yeah. blah, 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 Knoxville Horror Fest. What's that? <laughs> this year. Blah, 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 blah. Knoxville Horror Fest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that. I wish I were going. <laughs> you guys are yeah. officially the the second biggest fest in this area now. Oh, thank you. Well, are we? I have no, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the biggest is still Chattanooga. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, that's. Chris is really cool. They got they have people. That's like a genre. It's not like a specific. I think it's because it's not specific. You know, it's not like specifically horror. It like has a broad genre thing. You know, although well, you a lot guys of it is horror. You know, but like, do what? You guys aren't either. I mean, you have samurai feel... movies this year. You're having uh, <laughs> Killer Pike. Uh, action movie where a bi- where uh, bar patrons are pinning their bar against bikers. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually haven't. Um, I've only because of like I'm working three jobs right. Like, well, one of them is social media for the theater, but like also my full time job, and then working at the theater, and then I also do dog sitting. So, and uh, uh so it's like. I haven't really had time to watch all these. Like, William was screening them, and I was able to watch a few, but um, most of the time I'm just so tired, I just go to sleep, or I'm, like, taking care of our dog. Yeah. 
Well, and the cat. But I'm really excited about it because he was telling me about, like, especially, I, I know that when he was, like, recommending to me, um, he said that, like, the, um, what was it, Girl on the Third Floor and also Daniel Isn't Real, he said that I would really like those two. Yeah, those are her good. Well, I, there isn't a bad one this year. There's no oh, red yeah. crimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was just, like, looking towards, like, what I like. Like, I like paranormal stuff, I guess. I don't know. Like, maybe it's, like, a type of style or something um, that he was kind of just, like, thinking it reminded him of, of me or, or something like that. Well, I just can't wait for the Gardler Fest. I'm glad Jim's got that. Oh, my God, out. I know. <laughs> and Elric's hosting it. That's going to be awesome. Just crazy. Yeah, they're going to talk. They keep talking about Girdler songs. Have you ever seen Grizzly or the Manitou? I actually started watching the Manitou with William, like, when we, uh, it was probably, like, it was a long time ago, I feel like, um, and I think it was when we first started dating, and, like, we stayed up really late, and we watched, I remember I thought, I, I mean, I liked it, but it was, like, I fell asleep because it was, like, I I was working overnight, I think, at the time, or I was, like, working really late, so I didn't get to watch all of it, and I just haven't gotten to finish it yet, but I have told him that I want to watch, because I have a feeling I won't be able to see all of them at the festival because I'll be working it, but um, I was, like, I want to see these before, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, Grizzly's fun. I consider Grizzly the best Jaws knockoff next to Piranha. Oh, really? Yeah. I love the poster. I, I think that might be my favorite poster out of, um, although the one the original one for um, Manitou was really good. Yeah. Okay. The big question is this. This is the first time I've really done this. I've seen a podcast do this. Uh, you yeah. work with Ken, right? On the grind out on his short. Um. Well, actually, the so Ian acts. The first year that Ian acted in one was three years ago. I've been in the. I've done grind out. Um. This will be my my I think my like sixth one. I think. Yeah. But um. Ian is just an actor. The guy that is directing the Grind Out, his name is Jason Gann, and he is actually the person that is designing our um, pamphlets this year. He um, he's a really great like graphic designer. He's working. With, he worked with Adam Deal that did the art. Yeah. So he was the one that directed um, this Grind Out because he wanted to do it and like like. No one, uh, I mean, William didn't judge this our grind out or anything, so just, you know, everybody knows. It's like, oh, so you got the new boss. boss Like, oh, uh, they automatically get, yeah. Yeah, so you got the new boss uh, this year. The new boss judging the grind out. Well, it's never been, like, William hasn't judged them in, I think, about three years. Um, And Nick doesn't judge. Um, it it doesn't have anything to do with the people that host it. Because just so I guess it's like ob- like we don't want people thinking that it's like they're friends with us and that you know people not even just us but like other local people will will just like automatically win stuff because 
we know they know each other. So like I think Jill uh, is is one of the judges and maybe uh, Brian. Yeah, that's what the new boss says. It was when she was on my podcast promoting uh, the stylist. I jokingly called her because she's officially uh, one of the heads of the fest this year. I was like, oh, you're the new boss. <laughs> you like, yeah. Tell William that. So tell William that that <laughs> Jill is actually the new boss in town. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jill's so cool. I would not I mind that if she William's was the new boss. Judge the last three or four years. That's how you can judge what a fast is. Is how dead William looks. Oh. <laughs> well, last year was especially hard because of like the wedding and. Well, honestly, I don't even think he'd be even thought about that because it was me planning it. So, like, I had a it good was friend. The first there year he had a central. And it was actually sold out at the Central. Yeah. I think it's pretty much sold out at the Central now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the, actually it's sold out of, um, from what I know, all all passes aside from the full day passes Saturday at Downtown West. Everything aside from that is sold out. So um, there's, from what I know, there aren't any like single showings or anything. It's just I guess, I don't know, I guess you get a, a single showing if you want on a Saturday, but, like, I haven't, it just, like, changed today. I, I saw there was, like, an update, but I haven't looked at it. I haven't had time, but, um, I don't know. The I only mean, one that I it's think cool that you guys like, have posted as a single po- as a single showing is, uh, there's still tickets left for uh, Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. Probably because it's a bigger audience. Auditorium. I think uh, it's at it's at Regal Downtown West that day. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know how many are left. I think it, they said it was pretty limited. Yeah, that's why um, I went to see Joker uh, last uh, Friday. Did you see where William and I went to that where they shot it? Oh, and, uh, yeah. You, you know they the shot cabin. the first I went one. There in, once like, too. You did? did it you, wasn't was that the grown house? up okay. back in the 90s. Oh, it's pretty grown up now. Yeah. And, uh, There's no road left I've seen. <laughs> was there a house across the street? Yeah, that's where the guy who owned the cabin lived. So that guy, apparently that guy's dead now. Because, like, William did a bunch of research and found, like, people. it was a pretty recent thing. So we drove out to Morris, you know, it's not far, it's like maybe 30 minutes from Knoxville, and like, we drove out yeah. there, and we found we found the road, and we were driving down it, and we had, she was like, okay, so apparently there's somewhere, somebody said you can park off the road here, and there was like, no, unless you wanted to park in some like, BSE, like, somebody's yeah. front yard, yeah. which you probably don't want to do. Um, we were not really comfortable with. So we actually ended up pulling into somebody's driveway, and William was like, well, I love you. <laughs> he just, like, went up and knocked on these people's door to see, because apparently somebody talked to these people that lived really close to it, and they said it was fine. But they never came to the door, and he said that there was some weird shit, like, he's like, I don't know. He came back, he's like, there was, like, feathers stuck in the door <laughs> or something, like... <laughs> It was like 
full of cloth. Is there and any of the is there any of the chimney still left? When I went there in ninety the place had already burned down. But it burned yeah. down when Evil Dead Two came out and all was left was the chimney and fans were stealing it back then. Yeah. That's that's still what it is like we didn't get all the way back there because we got we were on the trail but it was so grown over, like the weeds, um were taller than me, and it was back in July, so yeah. we didn't have mosquito spray, and also I can't, we didn't have fucking hacksaw or anything, <laughs> like, if we had had, if I had brought, I have like a, like a bush, you know, we could full evil dead it, I could have brought like my shrub trimmer, and just like hacked it through the, I mean, it was so tall, like, it was taller than me and him, yeah. But I can tell that they're trying I, – I could tell that it was a path at one point and that it was just really, really grown up and no one's taking care of it anymore. Yeah. But um, from what I know and from what this video that came out on YouTube, it's like last year, It's the, that's still there, the chimney and everything. Or just the chimney because well, what's left of the chimney. Um, yeah. You know what I always thought was stupid is like those people or whoever owned it could have charged people, you know? Like they could have made it – a tourist I think thing. he did that for a while until he got tired of people stealing the chimney and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that is stupid that people would, because like literally, you could take any brick and be like, "Hey, this is from those evil dead." <laughs> like, what's to say? Who's to say that it's from? Like, is there a specific? You wouldn't even know, right? Like, I know Bruce Campbell is banned. Uh, Fans from bringing stones there to get signed. Well, that's good. I mean, it's pretty shitty. Like, I mean, I think that like people that are um, avid horror fans probably re- would be respectful of it and wouldn't take because they'll be like, well, you know, well, just imagine I mean, at least you're running an odd table like you have at uh, Fanboy. And then someone comes with like a forty or fifty pound rock with dirt on it and concrete and stuff, and just yeah. woo, <laughs> on the table. Like what the? He's like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah, he's like, William what do you want? He's like, that Could hole? you find this? And he's he was nice about it for a while, but then the table almost broke on him, and then he's like, no more. <laughs> yeah, he probably gets tired of it. I can't imagine like. What it's like to constantly have people, you know, coming up to you. I mean, it's really cool, and it's really awesome that he does that, you know. I'm, I'm assuming it does get really annoying because, like, you want to live a, a life and not have people, like, bringing up pieces of dirt and, like, yeah. stuff for you to sign. Yeah, that's going to be time. the biggest. That is pretty much the biggest movie this year, but the most fun, I can promise you, will be the Girdler Fest with uh, oh, yeah. Manitou, Grizzly, and whatever the heck the third film is. Yeah, um, uh, I know what it is, but I don't remember right now. Well, I remember if I had it open, I would uh, I sort of pointed out to William uh, there might be legal difficulties. With uh, oh, showing really? that one. <laughs> oh no no no! I think he actually, if it's, I think he actually is it the one that what is? Well, maybe I shouldn't talk about it, but 
Um, I think he actually was able to to work it out. Awesome! It's gonna be nice to see that one on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. He would definitely like. He would never do anything that wasn't, you know, okay to do. He's very good yeah. about that. Especially, yeah, I mean, if, even at the theater. Yeah. But what do you think it is about people who go to this thing and is like, okay, pay your money. That ain't the part. It's like, okay, you've got not even, is it like two weeks you give them to do the grind out? Oh, for the grind out, it's six, so it's six days and 66 minutes. I believe. Yeah, six days, sixty-six days, six hours, and sixty-six minutes. Yeah, that was what. So that was that came up or that came around um, before William and I, like that was the first year they they came up with a and I um, had nothing to do with that, but I thought it was funny. I mean, I thought it was cool and funny that they did that. It was creative because it actually works out. Like I remember thinking about it and being like, "Is that going to come up at?" at a weird time, like, <laughs> is that going to come up at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday or something? But uh, they worked it out to where it was fine because, you know, people yeah, can't I get mean, off work I and can't. stuff. Like. But what is it about that? They're like, okay, you don't know what genre you're going to get, and you only get that much time. Okay, here's your genre. Run. <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, filmmakers every year. It's usually about the same ones. Do it and come out of it with a gleam in yeah. your eye. It's like, um, I think a lot of filmmakers probably already have an idea in mind because um, I know that before William and I were ever even, I mean, I know people that, like, when I was doing it before William and I were even dating, like, and I did, I was in two grind outs before, and we kind of had an idea. We didn't know any of the genres. We would we just, like, draw up a, kind of like a rough draft of something. I'm assuming, because these people were filmmakers, I'm assuming that other people do this as well, um, that they're like, okay, let's, Let's get an idea in mind, and we'll try to go with whatever genre is best to pick because, you know, like, they draw in numbers, and, like, whatever number you pull, that um, you know, whatever genre is left at the time, which I don't remember how many we had to choose from. I wasn't actually there at the drawing this year, but um, the guy that was our friend Jason that did it was there, and I think we were, like, number eight or nine or something, but... I think that people try to get a general idea in their mind and, um, you know, because most of the time, you know, it's a grind-out movie. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So, like, if you were to get, like, um, I don't know, a clownsploitation and you had a prior idea of, like, some stupid dream you had once, it's probably pretty easy to work in if it's a grind out, you know, because it doesn't have to make sense. Like that's the way I see it. Well, last year you had some amazing ones. The ones that the one that you did was good. Uh, uh, nostalgia, the one where he sells oh, yeah. nostalgia like drugs. 
Yeah, that was that. That's Jason. So I'm doing that again uh, with him this year, or like our team. Um, so it's like a team of I think there's about there's an extra person this year, but yeah, it's the same people. And Jason's also directing again this year. And of course, the winners. That one was just jaw droppingly amazing. How that guy did the Jimmy Stewart impression and it did the. Charles Manson dialogue. Oh, I know. <laughs> I hope you know yeah, that know. this Friday at uh, AHF uh, preview. Oh yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know what he's showing because I haven't had time to look. But <laughs> it's uh, they're showing the mutilator, aka fall break. Oh. Best yeah. slasher made in Texas ever. Yeah, I just okay. I saw something about that today when I was at when I was at work. Um, I guess I just didn't and know. If it's, you it's guys weird, like, listened to this, uh, went to it. I hope to God that you sung along with it because that's a great freaking opening song. Even yeah. if you don't like the movie, we're going on a. Fall break, dancing hand in the moonlight. Were you there that for um, that movie last year, the lake one? Oh, Blood Lake, God, that was Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we watched yeah. that. That was, like, a little bit disturbing at, like, how young that kid was, remember? Oh, the pervert kid. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, and I was like, this kid's like a beer and a sex partner. <laughs> I was like, man, this is like a little bit weird. <laughs> and the fact that the young girl, young as him, he said, how was he? She just went, eh. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude, I, I was like, I feel like somebody was just on their, like, vacation and decided to film a movie. Because I remember William saying before I watched it, he's like, dude, it takes, like, I swear to God, they it shows them, like, loading in on the boat and then leaving and then coming back, and it takes, like, 20 minutes for them to do it all. <laughs> and and why like, why just, like, one shot? <laughs> and the fact that everyone in the theater enjoyed it, too. Oh, yeah, no, that was the best part, like. It was, it was well loved among everyone. <laughs> it was it became a and, favorite. <laughs> yeah. And the secret screening was good too. And for those that didn't make the secret screening, it was a series of clips from something weird video movies, which mm-hmm. they haven't released. I wish they would, even though they cut out the best part of the geek. And that's it was called uh, porn without porn. That was great. Oh yeah. It cut out my favorite line from the geek, though. We'll get you, you goddamn Sasquatch son of a bitch. Why did it cut it out? Was there was there nudity? No, it wasn't. No, I don't know why there wasn't any nudity. They just cut it out. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not I don't know why they would cut that out. Well, don't worry, I yelled the line out in the theater and everybody laughed, if you remember. <laughs> you goddamn Sasquatch son of a bitch! <laughs> but yeah, we got they got the Girdler Fest. Always the grind out, no matter what, is a big party. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
I'm just sad that one of the regulars won't be there this year, and that's uh, Brian Lanano. We'll miss oh, you. Oh, he's going to be there. Oh, good, good. He has to be there. He's staying at our house, or he's staying at our house for one night at least. Yeah, he has to be there because he's one of the judges. We have a William seat, damn it. He has to be there. <laughs> oh, I got yeah. a court yeah. until he makes the full-length movie William. Yeah, yeah, he'll be. He's for. Um, I haven't actually haven't talked to him in a while, but um, I'd like to like learn more about his feet. He's doing a feature. I'm I'm sure you're already aware, but like um, yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, I it's gonna. I'm sure it'll be really good. But yeah, I mean, it's sad. This is the first year I've seen you guys sell out. Even last year at the Central, it didn't sell out. Yeah, I can't remember. Honestly, I don't remember uh, which days we were. I remember, okay, so I think Friday we were partially at Regal. I remember I had to work. The yeah, Friday was we half showing. and half. Me and my cousin made yeah. a joke about it. We're like, I said to him, I got good news. I'm like, what? <laughs> There's no half and half days this year. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was working Hocus Pocus of the theater, and it was slammed, like, all show. It was actually, it was really awesome, really, like, it was really an awesome thing. What are you going to be sure but, uh, for the kitty feature uh, this year? Um, honestly, uh, I don't know. Um, I would have to look at it. I, I know we're showing Halloween 3, but that yeah. starts after the festival. We're doing, oh, we're doing a VHS exchange um, with... Um, a com- let's look at a group that we've worked with before. Um, I can't think of their names right now, but if you go on our Instagram, it's on there. You know what I would uh, nominate, but I don't know how many people or kids would know it would be the Halloween tree. Oh yeah, that's we've actually had people asking about that, and we are looking into it. It's just like the rights are weird. Um. Yeah. Like we've actually ABC family this year is really putting the slam on Hocus Pocus. I think you could show Hocus Pocus again this year and it'd still be as crowded. We could, but like, um, we're trying to. I don't know. (laughs) We're trying to like make it, you know, versatile. Also, I think, like, Tennessee Theater might be showing it because <laughs> they like to copy oh. us a year later. <laughs> yeah, once they see how much money you guys make, they're like, ooh, we got to get this. Like, the Pinnacle show the villain the week after you showed it. Yeah, and they can also charge more and, like, because it's Tennessee Theater, they could probably get more people because it's a nice, it's like a huge historic oh. theater and stuff. But that's, I don't know, I thought it was funny that they're showing Gremlins and, like... <laughs> Uh, like and, other movies that we've shown before. <laughs> yeah, and we'll put this. Uh, uh, this is going to be part of Sunday show as part of, well, the our uh, KHF pre-show. And this is not the. Uh, this does not recommend uh, the views of anybody that works at Central Cinema. They love these guys, but in my opinion, for certain stunts that they have pulled that have hobbled you this month, fuck Phantom Events. Oh, my God, I know, right? (laughs) 
They pulled. <laughs> I won't say anything because the one will probably get mad. But like that just shows you like how much well, power a big company has over yeah. like a little group. <laughs> yeah, What's funny is let's like just say, we uh, had. An, there's this one movie called Alien Three, Three from Hell with an Alien. That yeah. I'd have played at Central this month, but now it's not. Yeah. Well, it's just stupid because we already had it confirmed. Like, and then they were like, "Oh, hey, we just I want to do this," and like that just they just pulled it from us because they can do that. It's like Disney. <laughs> I mean, like they can do whatever they want. When you're tired of Disney, let's show Star Wars. That probably made Jens a pretty. Amazing week. <laughs> but Disney also owns Fox. Did you hear about all that stuff about Alamo? Like, them pulling, you're not, they're not allowed to show any Fox Searchlight movies. Oh, they, that well, are yeah, old. I'm the one who mentioned that to William. They pulled all of Fox catalog releases That's off of the shelves and put them in the yeah. vault. Because it's like, what, they're losing money? <laughs> Like, well, no, that's they own way. They keep everything in the vault and then re-release it every four or five years. Look the hell they done it with their movies. Yeah, so, I know. Really you guys are lucky and got Fight Club. Well, we technically, because we aren't just a theater, like a movie theater, we are like a venue. Like, we've got actually really, there's an awesome um, comedian coming and I think it's like November or December and she was on like Comedy Central and um, like we've had, we've had comedy shows there and uh, we've had, you know, there was, we've had concerts. We were actually like, I can't remember the name of the band or the group it was called. Um, they were, I think they might've been a part of Big Ears last year. Um, but these people played a few months ago. Um, so like technically we're not a theater, like just a movie theater. Um, no, you got like that videos, uh, VHS swap. You're having a karaoke party oh, at the uh, fest. Oh, and people at the karaoke party, please, please, please. Think twice before you try to sing Queen, because they're hard to oh. sing. And that was second, <laughs> And second, you... do not sing Tiny Dancer. It's longer than you think. You know, sometimes they have, like, a karaoke version that's been shortened. Oh, but, like, good. last year, I think Henry was running it last year, I think. And, uh... He probably occasionally though there will be a version um that is the full version. Which any Elton John yeah. Well you rock <laughs> as good as they are. I've seen that uh you sung Thin Lizzie's uh Dancing in the Moonlight. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> and, I'm like gonna I actually said, need to like figure out what I'm doing this. There's seats left at the downtown west. Please get there because that's going to be the grind out. And the grind out is always amazing fun. For some reason, just experiencing the grind out is like taking speed. <laughs> you just go there and you see all of the filmmakers who are in a rush and you just get carried away with it. We watched all of them um, last 
two nights ago, and there were some really, I mean, they were all really good, but, like, there was a few that I was like, oh, my God, like, that was really, really impressive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, last so, thing is, I'm glad William cut out the Dick Kitty Award, because that got a little over the top in the year before he cut it. <laughs> I know. It's funny That's because... That's the like only the time I've ever actually, seen William angry. Well, it's like... He was walking out I afterwards, and all I heard was him... Uh, ne- I was going to ask him something, but he was walking out, and I heard it was, fuck, shit, damn, damn, damn you. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm staying over here. <laughs> I think he was worried about, like, the children in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> if that was at Regal, which I'm pretty sure, I'm like, is this considered porn? If they <laughs> almost, uh, there actually, I don't think was any nudity this year, which is funny because since we've made that, and now it might be, it might be a thing again since I've said this, but like, um, there was, I don't think I saw any nudity at all this year because there is no award <laughs> and people don't care. Yeah, but like, everyone was if they're listening, that they like above everything else. Yeah, I know. But, it's yeah, stupid, we're right? going to go on with the rest of the show, and Mr. Bojangles wants to say goodbye to your dog. Oh, okay. Oh, come here, And that is Mr. Bojangles saying, come to the Regal for the Knoxville Horror Fest, because sadly, if you want to come to the Central, that, t- that train's done gone. It's out. <laughs> And isn't it nice to be able to say that, honestly, for the first time ever? Oh, Well, it was good talking to you, and thank you for... Thank um, you again, and come to the Regal, come to the Grind Out. And always check in at Central, because they might be someone who canceled in at the last minute, and if someone doesn't show up, hey, they would not hurt their feelings to have to sell a seat twice. Right. So check the exactly. box off, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you, and good night. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye. We just had Jessica. He's like, they're like usually in the same grindhouse short together. Uh, yeah, our buddy Jason, uh, um, a couple years ago, uh, put out an APB for people to be on his team, so I jumped on. And then I guess Jason was working on something that Jessica was going to be in, and that hasn't panned out yet. So when the time came around after that for Jessica to be in a grind-out short, because she wanted to get back in the game, she had been in one years prior on another team but wasn't with that team anymore, so she jumped to our team. Uh, it seemed like a natural fit. So uh, we are in the same grind out short this year, yep. Yeah. Well, Yens were in it last year, too, with the nostalgia bit. Uh, yeah, with and, and great I believe she was in the... As a nostalgia drug dealer. Yeah, and she was in Hackenstein 2, Revenge of the Ghost of Hackenstein as well, uh, as a hacker. But uh, she was not in our first year 
uh, Punk Rock Flophouse Massacre. Now, that was when you had that Rasta wig on, wasn't it? No, I was I was clean shaven for that. Uh, oh. No, that was Hackenstein. I did have a, a long hair wig on for that. Now that I think about it, that was the cyberpunk one. Why is it? Do you think? Well, you've been in it that most of the directors who do regularly do the grind out around grind out time are like crack fiends. Oh, man, uh, I got to do this, man. I got to get my fix. I got to get the team together. <laughs> I, I think everybody uh, is really worried about putting their best foot forward. You know, it, it wouldn't be fun if everybody wasn't trying to impress each other. So, um, you know, no, nobody is taking it too serious, but nobody wants, wants to look like they didn't try either. Yeah, I mean, and the rush that is always in the theater – on the night of the grind out, when they're starting to show the films, man, even those of us who don't make films are just carried away with it and just like flying high. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Even when I wasn't in on the game, uh, the first year I went was the year that uh, Jameson did Cannibal Santa, and there were all sorts of good ones that year. Uh, it's just really impressive to see everybody turn around a product that quickly. You know, there's a lot of filmmaking competitions in town, but I think the people, you know, I don't want to point fingers at anybody, but I think some of the people involved in some of that stuff are not especially genre savvy, whereas the people who show up for the grind out are very genre savvy and are very keen to kind of flex that that aspect of their personality. Which yeah, I find most of them are like, they come there just for the grind out or something, and they look through the uh, program and are like, fuck, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I've seen over the years people who just showed up for the grind out that like didn't show up for anything else. You know, the next time they come and actually watch a couple movies and then watch the grind out. Um, so yeah. it, it's a, a good advertisement for the uh, horror fest. Uh, uh, lineup each year Well this year As we said with Jessica All that's left is Saturday tickets for the downtown West Regal Every yeah. showing that's going on At the Central Cinema Is sold out people You've missed out And that's yeah, about so. Is that including the Girdler-a-thon? Yeah Every Dang. central showing. That's exciting. Sold out. All I got to say is this. I'll be standing here Thursday, and I want to get my own T-shirt saying, you missed out on the Girdler Fest, and I got to see it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> You're going to get that made in advance so everybody who's there gets to see a T-shirt. If I had money, I would, because, man, you're missing out on Grizzly. You're missing out on Manitou. You're missing out on whatever the hell the mystery film is. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And if we I'm ain't going to tell yet. because screw you. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say yet. Um, there, there's some rumors no, to what it no. is. No, no, they don't deserve okay. to tell. They didn't buy tickets in advance. Then you don't deserve to tell. <laughs> this is the first year I've seen it where. You 
you've had to have tickets in advance. Um, well, there there were some uh, things that that had sold out, like um, like Suspiria that sold out, but it didn't sell out in advance. Like uh, people showed up and it, it eventually got max capacity. It's a little easier to pull that off at Central Cinema, but um, yeah, it is very rare. Like last year, that definitely didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, and if you're at the first time at the Central Cinema, get there in advance. You're not going to be able to move around in the dark. Uh, yeah, it, it can be a little uh, a little, little uh, disorienting. Yeah, <laughs> it can be very disorienting to try to find your seat in the dark when it's really full in there. Let's just say Central is one of the few places if you pull out your flashlight on your phone to get to your seat in the dark, we won't mind. Uh, as long as it's before the movie starts. <laughs> I don't know. After the movie starts, it's either that or wait ten minutes to get your eyes <laughs> situated. I can remember the first time I walked in in the dark. It was... Have you been to a sold-out show there? Yeah. Man. What, what did you watch? Oh, yeah, okay. That was, that was pretty packed. Uh, Let's see. Try to think uh, of other stuff that sold out. Man, Shining. Packed, uh, 37th Chamber of Shaolin. That one was sold out. Yeah, I, I saw the pictures. I wasn't there for that. I know. You ought to be ashamed for that one. Yeah, I'm actually going to miss uh, part of uh, Girdlerthon. I'll be at work, but I think I'm going to get out in time for uh, uh, Manitou and and the secret one at the end, of course. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed about Grizzly, though. I just uh, recently watched, uh, uh, what is that, Prophecy? Yeah. The one about the mutant bear? Not the Christopher Walken yeah. one, but the mutant bear one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready for that some... That uh, poster cool. The poster and the monster's cooler than the movie. Prophecy? Yeah. <laughs> the monster in it is pretty cool. Um, there's just not, not not a lot of it, you know. It's just funny watching Armando Sante fight this giant mutant inside-out grizzly bear with a bow yeah. and arrow. <laughs> It is pretty funny to say the least. But so you Grizzly would say Grizzly is the, the better best movie? of the Jaws knockoffs besides Piranha. Nuh-uh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, I haven't seen it, so I, that's a, that's bold. I, I'm a big fan yeah. of the Jaws ripoff. Better than Orca. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> Orca is one of the better Death Wish whip-offs more than a Jaws whip-off. <laughs> Does you the Orca my wife kill the God's kid. whole family? Yeah, Orca's, you kill my wife and kid. No, I'm going to kill you. Wait, so by that logic, isn't Jaws 3 a Death Wish rip-off? No, Jaws 4. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the coolest parts about Girdler is there was this uh, little boy who lived close to where he was filming. 
And you seen this little boy because of polio and his arm withering down, lost his arm when he was about four or five. So he grabbed this boy and got the FX guy to put makeup on his arm. And you got one of the the print of Grizzly, one of the nastier arm removal scenes in movie history. So does it start out, off with like a regular arm on top of it, and they pull it off, or you just cut to the gnarly arm? Yeah, it cuts to the gnarly arm, and plus the trained grizzly bear was able to grab the arm and just rip. That's pretty rich. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would mean, imagine. Uh, Go ahead. I was gonna say I would imagine it's hard to coordinate a stunt like that. At any time, but yeah. now especially with union laws and shit like that. But yeah, there's a, the grind out is always great. So even if you just go for the grind out, go for it because you're going to see some great shorts. Like uh, last year was uh, the one that he was in, the one we talked about, Nostalgia. That one was funny. The one that won last year definitely deserved it, damn it. Uh, was that Fig City? No, Harvey Shelter. Which one was that? The one that had uh, Jimmy Stewart. That one? As Charles Manson. And the guy doing yeah, the perfect Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, the Jimmy way he Stewart had that accent was, was able to say the lines was just so freaking good. Yeah, that was good. Did that really win, though? I think it won most of them. It won Best Actor, Best Director. I shouldn't be surprised. It was great. I I just, uh, you know, what Ed with Big City has won a couple of them. uh, I I guess he won uh, with Teen Nephilim and then the Bankroll Follies or whatever, the black and white one that was like Bowery Boys. Yeah. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, Big City's pretty tough competition. I don't think Jameson Salsworth is in on one this year, so... Uh, uh, no, because of uh, Tiffy... Well, let's just say they've had some issues. They got a lot going on, but... Uh, yeah, they got a lot going yeah, I on. Everything, I, I hope everything goes well with them, but that's a little less competition, he always turns in something good. Oh, everyone's afraid of Moon Rat. They're like, oh, God, thank God Moon Rat isn't here this year. Maybe we'll get to win some awards. <laughs> yeah, it kind of opens up the competition a little better. Uh, there's a lot of new people who showed up to the um, drawing ceremony. So, oh, cool. um, yeah, so there's a couple wild cards. Like, we don't know what they're going to turn in. A couple of the regulars aren't going to be there this year. Uh, let's see. Moon Rat Productions is not going to be there. Fanboy Productions is not going to be there this year. Yeah, I didn't see uh, them there this this year either. No, she isn't going to be there this year because of her her issues, health issues in the last year. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. That sucks. 
Uh, well, there's still still some uh, uh, bright shining uh, competition. I, I think it's going to be a, a fun switch up, uh, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Who, I don't know who the judges are this year. Did Jessica say who the judges are? A new boss is going to be on there, as I as we joke as I jokingly call her, Jill. Oh yeah. Um, and Brian Lenato will be there, so him. he'll probably be a judge again. Yeah, they try to keep things objective. Um, like William doesn't want to judge it himself, and uh, Nick doesn't want to judge it himself. So I think that's good. Nick don't want to do anything. <laughs> oh, Nick does plenty. Uh, I don't blame just, him. Uh, he tries to stay objective about things, you know. Uh, it can be easy to be subjective to your own taste. I'm well, always Nick begging the, him. Well, Nick is the guy you don't want to see. <laughs> oh, I guess if it means you see Nick, you know up. there's some trouble going on. <laughs> yeah, he usually does only run out of the booth when something messes up, I guess. Yeah, like uh, last year when they forgot to uh, send half the movie. Well, uh, I think the story was that they sent it, but then it was the wrong format or something. You know, if you play no, that many movies what I got in one day. William and Nick, they sent a print. They knew that was bad, and it was missing the second half of the movie. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Well, you know, if you're showing that many movies, uh, I think last year it was like 10 or 15 feature-length movies, and then, like, yeah. all the other shorts and stuff. It's bound for something to fuck up. Uh, I like that they're actually not showing uh, as much stuff this year because uh, you have more time to actually, like, kind of chill and talk and then... Yeah, go they're, back gonna, the yeah, they're trying to expand the smoothing. Like, there's going to be, like, a meeting at a, a beer company close to the theater cl- before the festival. Oh, it was before the festival? I thought it was after. No, before. Oh, that's funny. Or you pick well, up help, your tickets uh, at uh, a brewing company that's close to it. You pick up your tickets there and you smooth for an hour and then you move on down to 7 o'clock and uh, Girdler Fest. I think that's probably a little more fun, honestly, because, like, trying to just, like, pack everybody in and, and be kind of, like, gung-ho about it, it can be overwhelming. Yeah, especially if you're trying to catch up with guys you only see once a year at the festival. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, like you, Ian. I only see you like once a year at the festival. It's rare if we well, run no, into each other. <laughs> you come out to uh, the theater sometimes. I see it too, but uh, I have had a later schedule lately. I've had to miss a lot of at Central Cinema lately due to the work schedule. Yeah. I say that, but I was just at Monty Python. Uh, the other day. Yeah, and don't forget, this Friday they're showing the best slasher ever made in Texas. What is that? The Mutilator. Oh, yep. I thought that was Thursday. That might be Friday. Well, Thursday or Friday is the opening scene. They're going to be showing the trailers to uh, all of the films this year. Uh, Some of the best films from the grind out. And, of course, Fall Break. Oops, I mean the Mutilator. Is that the alternate title for it? 
Yeah. Neat. It was before fall break was a thing. So fall break didn't exist when they made movies. Oh, really? I mean, I guess I didn't. I, I had heard from people that that was more of a thing when I was a kid, but uh, that's interesting that they made the movie before that. Well, I'm looking forward yeah, to watching it now. Movie. I, I didn't know they were going to do a uh, Grindhouse retrospect. That's cool. Yeah. They just announced it today. Tight. Because, you know, some of that stuff I haven't seen since the festival that year that, that whatever um, came out. Like, uh, one no, of the no, best ones the I've one ever seen. That's the one thing that sucks about the Grindhouse and why people should go see it. Nine yeah, percent of these films, you're not going to get a second chance to see it. Yeah. Because some Sometimes. of the actors have gotten studio jobs. I don't oh, think yeah. we're ever going to get to see uh, I Spit on Your Gay Grave again. And that one was one of the better ones of the early years. I don't know if I remember that. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Who did that? I forget, but it's the one that had that was like the gay version. I spit on your grave, and it had the gay version, like uh, Pat, a- uh, the woman who looked like Pat Aston reform school girls, only in black leather. Uh, that sounds funny. I'm and gonna have to look that up. The two guys chasing the third guy. He's like. The two guys that look like they're from Deliverance come up and they're like, "Oh my God, they're gonna rain." Uh, he boyfriend looked at girlfriend. Oh my God, they're gonna rape you! And then she looked at him again, and they went, "No, we're not gonna rape her. Run!" <laughs> uh, don't haze me, bro. That was a fun one. I haven't seen that since it came out, but it's still one that stands out in my memory. Don't haze me, bro. Yeah, don't Remember haze that? me, bro. <laughs> um. Mattress Toilet, the one with the rock band. Do you remember that? Yeah, Mattress Toilet. Uh, the one with the dog shark with the dog, dog with the fin on its back. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the sexy little red riding hood. A lot of the movies that really got perverted during uh, the last days of the Dick Titty Award. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I guess uh, that that is kind of a different crowd. For for whatever it's worth, the audience and the content is maybe a little more sophisticated now. Uh, not quite as ribald, but uh, hopefully for the better in terms of professional content. Yeah, we will hear something like William saying, I had to cut out a close-up of a finger and a butthole this year. Uh, did he say he had to do that this year? Oh, no, no more of that. No, that was the year that they had the fingering. The one with the ghost right. that stuck the fingers up the guy's butt. Yes, that's how yep. classy the grind out used to be. It seemed like the Dick Titty Award was the only one they were gunning for, period. Uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, the objective now is... is uh, narrative filmmaking instead of just uh, nudity. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that. I, I do miss 
some of that stuff. Only some well, of it. Well, since he's uh, opened it up and stopped it just being trailers. No, Steve, maybe you could start an online petition and bring it back next year. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I remember how uh, William was the last year before he uh, retired the award. I don't want to see him that angry ever again. <laughs> you got shell shock. You understand what I mean? Him walking out saying fornicate, crap, fornicate, crap, fuck shit, fuck shit. Especially when he was trying to get the grindhouse in, grind out in Regal. Uh, yeah, I guess that did only happen, or has only happened a couple times. Uh Three years? Yeah. Four years? No, every year except for maybe the first uh, couple when it was just him showing films on the sheet at uh, a local bar. They've always had Saturdays at the Regal. And that's when I first started going. At Horror Fest 5 at Relics, it was still, Saturday was at Relics. And I guess the year yeah, after that. That was Friday that. when they had uh, John dies at the end at the Regal. Yeah. And then the next year so they yeah, had the all day one with uh, uh, Bad Milo, a field in England, and a couple so more. So much, much more sophisticated setup at the uh, at the festival this year. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing everybody bring their A game. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to. I guess this was like announced at the uh, drawing, but uh, it's a who got what. But uh, like Dirty Drag got Stephen King's exploitation. I don't know what they're going to do, but that would be, be pretty fun. Uh, Fig City got sci fi exploitation, um, Bottomless Pit. Uh, my team got uh, noir exploitation. Um, was another interesting one. Then we got cult exploitation. Our first pick was uh, cult exploitation, and uh, we kind of figured you kitchen sink the whole thing with every trope of of uh, cultists you can imagine. Um, but somebody else thought that was good too, so somebody beat us to the punch on the drawing. They got uh, drawn before we did, so. Uh, Oh, if you had done I would have done it and just used every variation of the word man that I've heard Dennis Hopper say in the movie. <laughs> you know, man, I mean, man, I mean, just listen to me, man. I can't do it this, man. Uh, yeah, you got a lot of B-roll to edit from on that now that I think about it. Pretty good. Yeah. Especially uh, watching the giant uh, apocalypse now say, you'll get your feel of Dennis Hopper saying, man. <laughs> it's just from Apocalypse Now. Did you watch yeah. that new version or whatever that just came out? Yeah, like that's new what I mean. I picked that up for my birthday's uh, Apocalypse Now final set. Yeah, that's it. Do you like it? Oh, God, yeah. It plays better than the redo. It's it adds new footage, but it's 30 minutes shorter than the redo cut. 
So is it too much or not enough? It's perfect. The redo is too much. The theatrical is not enough, and they're both on the set. Huh. If you understand, it's that perfect middle ground. Well, I have to check it out. But I gotta check out Joker first. You already told me I watched Joker. I uh Oh yeah, that one is that one's a dirty sleaze. I wasn't expecting it to be as dirty and sleazy and grimy as it was. Well, that's reassuring to hear that it is. I uh Are I you gonna be uh working the table as usual on the weekends this year because of your work schedule? Yes, I will be. I, I took vacation time for the whole festival just to be able to hang out the whole time. Oh, See, cool. I'll be slinging some t-shirts. Yeah, you'll be there slinging t-shirts and whatever they got for sale. I'll I, I be slinging whatever you can come up with to be slung. I, <laughs> I uh, do want to uh, clarify uh, my participation in the grind out, though, does not or I guess my participation in the festival does not uh, influence the voting of the grind out, though. I know a lot of people may oh, have the no. impression that I no, put no. that stuff because... <laughs> we may be incestuous, but we ain't that incestuous. I, I prefer a good, clean game, good, fair rules. Everybody's yeah. got a fair shot. Anybody could win. Uh, I guess really the one that everybody wants to win is the... Uh, Audience vote, anyways. That's really the the um, gold yeah, and you standard can't in buy the board. audience vote. Exactly. Though, um, if you did give us all each an audience a hundred dollars each, hey, it might help extreme our vote. You know what? It wouldn't be worth it to me. Ah, ah, ah. I don't think uh, any of them would be worth it with. We didn't even spend that much on the damn movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, did I spend any money on the Grind Out tra- trailer this year? Yeah, I guess I, I spent a couple of things. Bought uh, an eye patch that wound up in more scenes than Jason maybe would have liked it too. Keep a lookout for that. Eye between, you should have switched the eye patch and the eyes between shots just to see if people would notice. <laughs> that would be funny, but I'm actually blind in my right eye, so I uh, don't get a lot of mileage out of putting the uh, uh, eye patch over the last one. Oh, well, oh, then you should have had like about 20 of them then, dang it. One shot yeah. have a red one, one have a skull and crossbones. My stunt eye patch. One shoots yeah. water out of a daisy. <laughs> but yeah, people, like I said, the central I said before, and I'll say it again: the central sold out. The Regals open, but if you got to go to the Tennessee game and see them get their ass kicked again, there go is ahead. not a, a game that weekend, is there? I, I is don't there? think so. But still, if you got plans. Come down later tonight and watch the grind out because it's nice if you get to see the big, the movies and stuff like that. But come watch some local nuts do their buster ass to make great shorts. 
genre setting. And plus, and you know that. what the biggest drug they have that night is? If you go, if you go to them after the screening and go, man, I seen you, I seen your short. It was good. That's better than drugs. It's very rewarding. Uh, you know, they uh, a lot of people put a lot of energy into it. I get a lot of kick out of seeing what everybody else does. It makes me bring my A game. Yeah. I don't know if uh, uh, Jessica mentioned, but the thing that we we wound up shooting for the grind out intro is pretty funny too. I wanted them to do the uh, Bill Duke speech for Mandy. Just switch it around. Is that the guy from Predator? Yeah, you've seen Mandy, have Okay, I'm sorry, but there's five minutes left, so I'm going to have to cut the interview short. It rambled uh, just Thursday, be at the whole thing. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Good night, everybody. <laughs>